Welcome to Wizard Team, a Harry Potter cast for true Potterheads. Each week we discuss a chapter from the series with all of our knowledge of the world of Harry Potter. Be warned, this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. I'm Bayana. And I'm Connie. We're really excited to go through these chapters with you and discuss all of our thoughts and feelings about the book. Today we're discussing chapter 30 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Grop! Robin's having trouble getting into number 12 Grimma Place, you know, all those spells and stuff. Uh, but she should be joining us soon. Yeah. Um, so while we wait for Robin to show up, we have announcements and reminders. Um, we want this podcast to be interactive and want to know your thoughts. So feel free to tweet along with us using the hashtag Wizard Team on Twitter. Uh, if you love the blog and love Wizard Team and all that sweet, sweet Black Wizard History Month content, and you have a few extra galleons lying around, you should donate to Black Girls Create. Uh, you can become a Patronus, you can send a cheering charm. It's all at blackgirlscreate.org slash donate. Um, and we have Wizard Team merch, so you can head over to our website to step up your nerd fashion and stationery game. Um, lots of cool things on that in the merch site, so you should you should check those out. And I feel like this month is inspiring some new things, you know, yeah, just like some things are cooking and percolating and stuff. It's the time. <laughs> it is it's better now than ever before. So indeed. But if you don't have the funds to support right now, you can also rate and review the podcast on iTunes and all the other places you can re- review a, a podcast. But then go back to iTunes and re- review it there, because that way, just like all the reviews everywhere, it'd be great. It's very, very important. Um, and subscribe to Black Witches Weekly, our newsletter curated by Wizard Bay Deborah with nerd news and links to what's been going on. So if you want to be in the know, be sure to subscribe, and you can do that at blackgirlscreate.org. And now, for Wizard Team News. Um, <laughs> happy... I did the sound in my head, I couldn't help I know, it, and then the I was little, like, I'm not gonna say anything, dance. but then I, like, did a dance, and so, like, I couldn't, alright. It, it happens. <laughs> um, happy Black Wizard History Month. Um, happy Black History Month. Yo. Happy Black Wizard History Month. Um, Both. It's, All of them. It's February now. Actually February. So that's awesome. Um, so in case any of you were just coming to this or you forgot or you're just like not on Twitter all the time and like, you know, um, we Fair. are putting out daily content um, in celebration of Black Wizard History Month. Um, so you can keep an eye out um on twitter um and just on our um website for new like hogwarts vsu posts um we'll have a couple bonus episodes um yeah stuff like that well we have um a black wizard history challenge happening on twitter right now people are like into it yeah people are so into it and i may have accidentally caused a sorting feud (laughs) Debate war. What's really what's war. really funny though is that like you started that one and then you were like, shoot, I may have started a debate. And then the you next did. day Eliana came through and was like, Oh, okay, I'm gonna start part two. Um Wait, what was part two? I think it was from the same post to be honest, but it was it was yeah, it, it was it was it was good. It was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, anyway, I mean, Ava DuVernay is a Ravenclaw, and I will fight you about it, apparently. 
<laughs> Connie didn't know she had a dinner, but now, but we we <laughs> now know. The inner, the the deep down inner Gryffindor. Mine is deeper down than Robin's is. Just shh. I didn't say that, um, but we all know it's true. That was rude for no reason. Uh, it's deeper down than Robin's is, but apparently it exists when you missort people who are clearly Ravenclaws. And I'm not a Ravenclaw, so it's not like I'm trying to take this person from my house. Right, because they, you know, the this person, person was doing that, was a Hufflepuff, and was just like, oh yeah, she's a Hufflepuff. And I'm like, no, I think you're a Ravenclaw. <laughs> I really think this person is a Ravenclaw and they just don't want to admit it. Or a hat stall. Like, they could be a Raven Puff and have equal qualities. But, anyway, I started a war and then apparently Eliana continued um, to pass the baton and she continued the race. Um, so the challenge is lit, and as the kids say. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's going every day and people, like, lots of people are participating. I'm just, like, really proud of y'all. Why, thank you. It's very exciting. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you haven't had the time to check out the Black Wizard History tag, you should. Um, we're also going to be doing um, a, a Twitter chat on this Friday, on the 9th, about Black representation in the Wizarding World. So if you would like to join that Twitter chat, it's at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Um, oh. And... Yeah, it's at 5 p.m. Pacific time, so you should you should join us. It'll be really fun. Um, we're also doing a live tweet of Hermione Granger and the Quarter Life Crisis on the 24th. Um, we have like a couple other events and stuff happening too, so just like keep your eye out. We'll have announcements on here, obviously, and on Twitter and in our newsletter and all that kind of stuff. So just like be ready. Um, Stay ready, so you don't have to yeah. get ready. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. So it's probably best that Robin is not here for this part, because she would just yell into the, into the microphone, um, as she did, uh, last time when we brought up a similar topic, a very related topic, but, um, so, Fantastic Beasts, if we must Mm -hmm. talk about it, um, because we already knew that it was trash, and we expressed our feelings on the Johnny Depp of it all, but now... Johnny Depp is not even going to be useful because, like, what's the point of having Johnny Depp in this movie and having Grindelwald if he's not going to be in love with Dumbledore because it's the whole point. And, like, they're not going to do that. Like, Yates... It's it's actually a very confusing process of events because David Yates gave an interview and was just like, we're not going to make it explicit, but the fans know it's there. Which, like, people are over subtext. But also, he's the director of the film. Mm -hmm. And Miss Joanne comes in like, oh, I love how everyone's mad at me over an interview I didn't give about a movie no one sees. Like, girl, is that not your director of your movie? Is he not the spokesperson for the script that you wrote? If you disagree with what he's saying in an interview, then maybe y'all are having artistic differences and and need to part ways. And then she called it clickbait. So I don't... I am having a day um so i didn't i don't know if you mentioned that um so he said that like they're not making dumbledore explicitly gay in fantastic beasts he was just like everyone knows so it's not really gonna be and you know what and it just occurred to me as i was saying that and this is obviously on a like a much um smaller scale and like in terms of um like the way it like impacts 
people's actual lives it's not the same at all but it reminds me of the way like it feels to me like he's going about it in the same way that he went about the last four movies right where he's like I don't have to show this thing because everyone who's watching it already knows so he's he's like continuing that assumption um that everyone who's watching will already know the backstory and have the subtext and all that kind of stuff, which I think is, and, and while, you know, in the, in the previous, well, mm, I could, I could make arguments for why some of those, um, omissions were harmful, but this one is like much more explicitly harmful. And I think that a part of it is just like lazy directing and probably writing too, right? Where you're like, Oh, they already know this, so we don't have like, to show to it. Play like you're both just, sides. yeah, like the storytelling of it is not, like you're not. Um, yeah, the storytelling is just lazy, to be honest. Um, yeah, and then on top of it, you're like, there's already, it's already problematic that J.K. Rowling made Dumbledore gay after the books came out, right? Like, she retconned that and just kind of, like... And that's the thing, that's part of the thing of, like... Right, and that's part of it, too, is that, like, oh, everyone knows it, but it's literally not in the books. So, like, you would have had to follow all all of J.K. Rowling's interviews in order to know this fact. And it is one of those things that has become a fact by, like, pop culture osmosis, but it's literally not in the text. Mm -hmm. So for someone to say, oh, everyone knows this... Is it's wrong not, because it's not true. everyone doesn't know it because it is literally not in the books. And then for her to like say that right and like not feel comfortable putting it in the original series or whatever, whatever that situation was, okay. Like people have, you know, had critiques about that and they've all been valid critiques. But then if you're gonna do it then, right, like you're gonna retcon that into his characterization. And then when you decide you're doing a prequel, about that him, we didn't ask for that first of all we, we didn't, didn't ask, ask for, for it, so like i don't even we know why we're here it. in the first place but like and now you have an opportunity and the whole point is that you have this opportunity to like explore his character more and then you're not going to make it explicit and then for her to call it clickbait when like literally the director of the movie said that it's not ha- like they didn't mean you know what i mean they didn't take it out of context like that was a direct right. question that was asked and that was his answer to it um Mm-hmm. And and then she's like, "Oh, I'm getting abuse about it." I mean, I can. There's probably abuse being thrown at her, absolutely, because the internet is trash. But also, like that definitely wasn't the majority of what was happening online. Like the majority of the people who were tweeting at her and commenting and like tagging her in their very fierce and valid opinions were just saying things, and they weren't like, "I hope you die." Like I'm sure she's getting that, but for her to conflate the minority of abuse that she was getting for this topic which she probably gets all the time because again the internet is trash Mm -hmm. so it's like she's probably getting this stuff every day no matter what happens so it's like for her to be like oh on this thing oh i'm getting abuse girl this is an everyday thing so that's terrible but don't make that the whole story when you know that more of the people who are tweeting at you are actually upset and giving reasoned and measured critiques without like insulting or causing like wishing you harm like people aren't weren't in the majority doing that so for her to like that was a clickbait tweet for her to be like oh i'm getting so much abuse about uh, the thing that i didn't say and somebody else it was your director screenplay that i wrote so like he's not just 
pulling that out of his ass. Like, it's in the script whether or not it's explicit. That's where it starts. And that, Right, and then if she has a problem with what the statement was, she didn't say, oh, it's in there or it's not in there. She kind of just, like, hand-waved over it to be like, oh, well... She focused on the article and not on the actual concern that people had, mm-hmm. which was, so is it in there or not? Which she would know because mm-hmm. she wrote it. So, let, like, just pick one, Joe. Pick one. Pick a side. Just pick yeah, one. I mean, I, <laughs> because point, we were already mad at you about Johnny Depp, and now it's just just a trash fire. Like, you clearly don't want to make five no, movies. No, she, she doesn't want people to see these movies. <laughs> Like I'm convinced that this. She doesn't want to. She doesn't want to have to make they don't, five. Don't want to have to make five. She wants this want to be a Narnia situation. It. Like, and I and I think at this she, point, like, and it's real. Like, I don't know. For those of y'all who are binging this, you must have whiplash <laughs> because. I mean, it's been long enough. Imagine, enough episodes. I mean, at this point, you enough. know, it's been two and a half years almost. But like. Yeah. How excited we were. That's a lot of episodes. I mean, and I don't even know that we were, like, excited. Like, we were excited about Fantastic Beasts and Chris Child. Yikes. Um, but, like, it wasn't in a, we asked for this. It was in a, like, okay, you're going to give me something in the Wizarding World. I'm here for it. I'm going to spend my money on it. It's cool. At this point, I'm just, like, yeah. I mean. I still haven't seen Fantastic Beasts, and I'm not going okay. to. And I can't, and that's the thing. It's, like, in any other situation, right, you'd be, like, if it, well, in any other situation, if things had not escalated to the point that they're at now. Like, there are other things where people are like, I haven't seen this thing. And I'm like, what? What what are you doing? (laughs) Go do that. Right. At this point, I'm like, yeah, well, okay, that makes sense. I'm not even... Like, I barely wanted to see Fantastic Beasts, and I was like, well, I have a Harry Potter podcast, so... Right. (laughs) I have a a reason. And, and (laughs) yeah, I mean, it's, it's just... Uh, I don't know. I at this point I feel and like we I'm, didn't ask for it. And what's the point? And why is Johnny Depp in it? And why? And I feel like why, at this point why? it's so many questions. And and like my thing was my thing was uh, of course it's not they're not going to be explicitly gay about it because Jude Law's Dumbledore would not fall for Johnny Depp. There's just that's what I'm saying. Like there's just so many questions magical guy Fieri and, like, factors like they just that, like I'm just like it wouldn't y'all make any sense. Don't want to wi- like I don't understand what's happening. But then I also like no longer care to understand. I think before I was like, what is happening? Why are y'all doing this? And now I'm just like y'all just want to keep fucking up. And so I'm gonna just let you do that. I just. Uh, okay. Yeah. Like, I don't even know what else to... <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Just, like... Yeah. Great. Over um, it. Over completely it. Completely over it. Yeah. Um, so... Just, you know, continuing with that... Speaking of being over it, um, there is a campaign to boycott Fantastic Beasts. Um, this was brought to our attention, our attention words um, by our team member Sophie Gardner, whose friend Kelly started um, the campaign. Um, so it's on Facebook, and I'll put it in the description for this episode, both on iTunes and then on our website. Um, and so. This is kind of what Sophie said when, like, they put it on the... It's on the Facebook page, our our, our, our Wizard Team Facebook page, if you also want to look there. It's, like, all there. Um, so Sophie said, as if 
the Johnny wife beater depth thing wasn't enough. Now we find out <laughs> wife beaters in quotes. Um, we just start off with Alleged, the shade. I, I guess is I the word you're supposed it. to it use. Is. But whatever. Right. Um, now we find out that the whole Dumbledore is gay thing is basically being redacted for this trash film. I don't know about any of you, but I'm definitely not planning on dropping any kind of money to see this movie. My friend Kelly um, has decided to take the extra step, though, and put together an event online um, where we boycott the film. And instead of spending money on the tickets, we donate the amount of a ticket um, or more to a charity that supports victims of abuse. Um, and then with the new news out, um, Sophie also mentioned additional money to support a charity that helps out LGBTQ plus folks. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, again, I'll put the link on so you can get more information. Um, and yeah, I think that it's a better way to spend your money, to be honest. Yeah. At this point. And like, none of the stuff for Fantastic Beasts, like the merch and stuff is just it's like, not, like trying to get us into something new anyway. And it's just like, okay, Honestly, we'd rather just have more house stuff and, like, stuff from the original books at this point. Like, I don't care about the new houses. I don't care. No badge was already the first thing that was a dud. And, like, it's just, like, no one's interested. And, like, where? And not only is no one interested, she's, like, relied so (laughs) heavily on, like, marginalized folks without, like, actually... Like, she's taken so remember, much from marginalized folks without actually, like... Remember when the first movie was set in the 1920s Harlem and she was like, guys, I know there aren't any black people in this movie, but just wait. And then the second movie poster came out and there's, like, one, like, three people of color out of, like, ten people. Mm-hmm, remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I also remember so when she that says, of oh, the black you- people on there, they're all, like, super light-skinned. Yeah, one of one of them is blonde. Um, Also, I remember before that Mm. with the promotion for for said movie, there was this whole whole story. A couple of them actually that skipped over genocide and and slavery and and took like you know pieces of other folks' cultures and like practices Mm -hmm. and decided to turn yeah. that into a magical like performance and yeah so she this whole thing has been as you said earlier a trash fire it's like <laughs> i think it yeah and i mean it'll be fine for her because she's still gonna she's, make her yeah. money there are plenty of people who aren't gonna be upset or even unaware that this is happening mm-hmm. or problematic or whatever so like it's gonna be fine but I hope it just steadily declines and becomes like the Narnia movies, which probably weren't terrible, but like those, like they were supposed to do seven movies, and I think they did four. Did maybe they do four? four? Definitely got, three. Def- like, definitely far? three. Maybe three. I definitely three. like saw the first one, and I liked it a lot. And then it yeah, took the first one was forever fine, and then for the second so one to come out. And by the mm, time the second one came out, three. I no longer cared because I was just like yeah. in a different time and then i know there's a third Space. one but i didn't know when there's it came a third out. one i don't know 2010 okay yeah At that point i was 05, definitely 08, not and then checking 2010. for it like but i think it's because i heard i heard a thing that they might do another one but apparently it was gonna be silver chair someone has been hired was hired in april to direct it 
Filming is expected to begin in late 2018. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they're just like skipping ahead to literally the last one. Anyway, the point being that I hope it just dissolves like the Narnia movies where it's like, oh, there are supposed to be all these movies. Where did they go? No one knows. They went into the trash fire yeah. with the casting of, of Johnny Depp. Anyway. So, that's a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's just a thing. A bad thing. Uh, another one. <laughs> we we have That's all I know. A, I don't a know. Patronus, a new Patronus. Um, so shout out to Allison for becoming a Patronus. Thank you so much. Woo! You are a real one. You lit. I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> you appre- we appreciate you. Major key. I promise I didn't just Google those. I, I was going to say, I, I don't think you had enough time to. <laughs> but thank you for for becoming. This is going to sound so cheesy, but it's what it is. Well, thank you for helping us ward off the Dementors. That sounds less cheesy than what I was going to say. But originally. that's literally why it's called. It that. is why it's called that. I don't know why we don't use that as a tagline more often, but. <laughs> but thank you very much. Um, and we have a magical birthday. Um, so yesterday, Tuesday was Arthur Weasley's birthday. So shout out to What's shout up? out to Arthur. Um, shout out to the number one Muggle lover. He is a Muggle lover. He is India, yeah. an ally of sorts. He really should take um, of sorts uh, Muggle studies. I feel like. You say he should teach it? Like, I feel like he... He's, no, take, take it. it. He probably did. He definitely can't teach it. He prob- he definitely yeah, I was going to say, it. he probably did, but how old is he? Like, you know how long ago that was? Yeah. Like... Yeah. And, and, like, I'm also very... We don't actually get to see a muggle... Uh, wow. We don't get to see that class. Muggle studies class. Right. So I'm I'm curious what they're actually learning in that class and how like and I can't remember. I mean even Hermione was like well Hermione dropped it so I'm like was it because it was bad or just because she was like okay I actually know all this there's really no point and I'm taking like twelve classes I need to cut down on yeah some. I had the I had a feeling it was the latter because yeah. I because because I know that like when she she would have been mad she said that she wanted to learn about muggles from a wizard's perspective so I think she was more yeah. there to to study the wizards than the muggles you yeah know? yeah um it's true so yeah I don't know that was probably it yeah um okay so moving on. Um, before we get to Grop, previously on Wizard Team, um, previously on Wizard Team, everything was awesome, basically. (laughs) That's the short (laughs) of it. Um, the short and the long of it. Um, Harry, after, after, um, violating Snape's privacy, um, was really feeling, like, conflicted about his father and stuff, and so really wanted to talk to Sirius, um, but... Couldn't really think of a way to do that without basically getting him shit back to Azkaban because Umbridge is watching at all times because um, she's the feds. And 
Um, <laughs> but then he they be creeping. Yeah. Stay woke. Yeah. They 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 watching. Um. So he told he mentioned it to Jenny, who then took it to Fred and George, who then decided um, that they were going to. Use, like, they were already going to wreak havoc on the school, but they were like, well, we might as well do it for a reason other than we just want to. So they decide that they're going to, they, like, coordinate with um, with Harry to, like, cause a diversion in order for Harry to be able to go and talk to um, his godfather. Um, and then um, before that, though... Harry has um, his career advice uh, session with Professor McGonagall, and for some reason, Umbridge decided that she wanted to crash the party and just rain all over Harry's parade. Because she'd be nosing. But McGonagall wasn't having it. She'd also be Um, nosing. She was like, what you won't do is be out here discouraging my students. Um, And so... Right, like be a teacher. They had a, a, a row, basically, or a row, whatever, however they say it. Um... Because we don't actually they say was that fighting. in America. Um, they had a fight. <laughs> um, but McGonagall was lit and she clearly won. Um, and then Harry snuck into Umbridge's office to use her food network. Use her fireplace for the food network. Which is a terrible, terrible idea that happened to work this time. Um, while he was in her fireplace, um, he got to talk to his dads, um, Remus and Sirius, about James and um and lily and just like kind of getting another side of the story from what he saw in um um from what he saw in the um shoot sorry oh yeah from what he saw in the pensieve um and so yeah so from what he saw in the pensieve um and then he, you know, it didn't, like, fully make him feel better, but he, like, at least got, like, more than one perspective, and I think that that helped. Um, and then, then Fred and George, um, got... Were the greatest they of all were, time. They got caught, in quotes, by Umbridge and the Inquisitorial Squad, um, and then they kind of did, they won, basically. They, like... Umbridge thought that she had it. She thought she was she had something going on, um, but she, she did didn't not. at all. And so Fred and George no. um, summon their brooms, um, and then uh, basically fly off into the sunset. They let everybody know that they got. Uh, they yeah. They let everybody know that they have. Um, a new premises um in Diagon Alley they have their own shop now um and they're leaving why they don't need to um they don't, they don't need, need magical they education tied this joint. they are blowing this popsicle stand yeah so basically they're chilling um, about to go to Diagon Alley and start it up. So the story of Fred and George's flight to freedom was retold so often over the next few days that Harry could tell it would soon become the stuff of Hogwarts legend. 
Within a week, even those who had been eyewitnesses were half convinced that they had seen the twins dive bomb Umbridge on their brooms, pelting her with dung bombs before zooming out of the doors. In the immediate aftermath of their departure, there was a great wave of talk about copying them, so that, so that Harry frequently heard students saying things like, Honestly, some days I feel like jumping on my broom and leaving this place. Or else, one more lesson like that, and I might just do a Weasley. You know, like, sitting at the bar, like, taking a shot at the bartender, like, these people at work, man, one more day, and I don't know if I could, I could make it. Yeah, I, it, it's funny, because then it occurred to me, like, when I was reading this paragraph, like, imagine if you had missed this. Like, if, <laughs> like if you had been... Worst day in class, like, with Professor Bins. Right. Or just like you had gone, because like, I it's think like this is around dinner time, on right? On. Like you had decided you were gonna go back to the to your common room real quick before dinner, or you just like had to stay after class or something, or you had to go to the bathroom, just like something that like where a stair changed and on no you on your YouTube. way down, so you had to take a long way. Just like, could you imagine? And like, there was a good number of people in the hall. I mean, in the entrance hall, but like, yeah, if you had missed that. Yeah, just it would it would have been. There's no magical YouTube, so like you can't watch no, the instant yeah. replay. Time Turners are commercially um, accessible, so yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, Fred and George had also made sure that no one was likely to forget them very soon anyway, because they had not left instructions on how to remove the swamp that now filled the corridor on the fifth floor of the East Wing. Umbridge and Filch, and Filch, come on, had been observed trying different means of removing it, but without success. Eventually, the area was roped off, and Filch, gnashing teeth furiously, was given the task of punting students across it to their classrooms. (laughs) Which I think he's, like, upset about it, but you know he enjoyed watching them fall. Well, I mean, I think he has to, like... Lift them. Either lift them or like, what is punt? Because I'm feeling like it's not the same meaning. It, it just to feels- me, it feels like he has a boat mm. and he has to. Oh, let's see. I'm imagining him throwing students and so did I. And I was imagining kicking because um, punt, punting yes. and football is kicking. So yeah, no, it's a it's a long yeah. a punt is a long narrow flat bottomed boat. Square oh. at both ends and propelled with a long pole. You so like the uh, 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 Huckleberry Finn little raft. Basically, it's like a raft. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I literally imagined him throwing students. See, over and the I swamp. was thinking of kicking like in football, and then I was like, "But that can't be right. There's no way that's happening." Like I know Umbridge is like on one on ten, to be honest. Um, but <laughs> on eleven, really? Yeah. But at the very least... Well, the more you know. Harry <laughs> uh, um, was certain that teachers like McGonagall or Flitwick could be could have removed the swamp in an instant. But just as in the case of Fred and George's wildfire whiz bangs, they seem to prefer to watch Umbridge struggle because they but are the But also, like, how is she... Uh, maybe it's just like, just, okay, she's not a professor, right? So she hasn't, she's not studied in charms or transfiguration. And so, like, it's not necessarily expected of her before this year um, to know those kinds of things. That's not something she comes across in her everyday job. So that means that she should not be in a school. Like, if, you're, if your argument, again, and we've talked about this, and we know the reasons why Fudge put her there, but still, like, if you're 
trying to reform a school and like make sure that students are actually learning and like you know you're talking about the failing standards and like all this stuff which isn't wrong but then why would you then put somebody in a position um a teaching position who is then incompetent as well like they don't know how to do anything even can't even come up with a counter jinx to get rid of (laughs) some girls little pustles like i don't like because they didn't learn anything at school and they did not retain like their point like you said their point is made in that Hogwarts needs better education standards but also they're the victims of those poor education standards and so they think they got it but they don't but also like how long has standards. Hogwarts been like this like there this can't have been forever um, yes it has wow yes, that's has. unfortunate has, that's unfortunate has. for the wizards of the of Britain that's why they're still using middle-aged <laughs> Victorian like plumbing and everything else like so they don't even have a central heating is, system right like it's moderately updated but like everything else is from the middle ages so like you know there's no that's the reason why we've uncovered the reason wow that's unfortunate then there were then there were the two large broom-shaped holes in umbridge's office door through which fred and george's clean sweeps had smashed to the rejoin their masters Filch fitted a new door and removed Harry's firebolt to the dungeons, where it was rumored Umbridge had set an armed security troll to guard it. However, her troubles were far from over. Like, I mean, it's not like there hasn't been a troll down there before. Inspired by Fred and George's example, a great number of students were now vying for the newly vacant position of troublemakers-in-chief. In spite of the new door, somebody had managed to slip a hairy, snouted niffler into Umbridge's office, which promptly tore the place apart in search of, for shiny objects. Left on Umbridge on her re-entrance and tried to gnaw the rings off her stubby fingers. Dung bombs and stink pellets were dropped so frequently in the corridors that it had become the new fashion for students to perform the bubble-headed charm on themselves before leaving lessons, which ensured them a supply of fresh, clean air, even though it gave them all a peculiar appearance of wearing upside-down goldfish bowls So on basically, their heads. chaos is Fil- reigning. Like, there's just, like... <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I would... Yeah. I, I would hate this. I'd want to go home so bad. But like, I can't even learn. Like my my exams are coming up, and I'm just like, I have to. I can't like just breathe clean air, at the very least. <laughs> and it's all yeah. Umbridge's fault, right? Like it's not like I'm not blaming the kids. It's just the the atmosphere that she created, and it's some bullshit. Robin! It's Robin. Hi guys. Yeah. Um. It's been yes. Quite- a journey getting here. I have a hole in my door. But Yeah, we Yeah, we yeah. told them that you couldn't undo the Yeah, spell Aloha Mora was not cutting it. On, on but place, so anywho like, I just, just had the, just blew the like, door open. A mini panic attack in Target and I had to like steal a bottle. I mean I didn't steal the bottle of water. I paid for it, but like you know when you open it because you're like, I need this right now and like so i feel like that would be my existence at this point in hogwarts because people do that all the time i understand like there are like multiple facets of like revolution and resistance right and disruption is a very important facet 
of that. But also there needs to be some sort of organized, like, resistance. And from... There was one, and it got shut down. (laughs) Well, right. But, like, a new one should spring up from this. This was what it was. But now it feels like... They were trying. Right, and I feel like the thing that makes it so, like, obvious that they're kids is that, like, what Fred and George did was really cool, and it's kind of gotten away from, like, why they did it and, like, what the purpose was, which, like, yeah, they did it, like, a part of the purpose was to, like, set up their new shop and, like, you know, get some free publicity, but the other part of it was, like, we're not going to take these, like, false narratives and we're not going to just lay down while you change the nature of the school and, like, you know, move us past the place, like, make us just another piece of ministry pop propaganda. And this, like, little passage makes me think about, like, the fact that the people coming up who are, like, taking Fred and George's place are not, like, as in touch with the, like, there's the flashy part of Fred and George's plan, but there's also, like, the altruistic part, and, like, a lot of, like, that stuff was, like, to allow Harry to speak to Sirius, you know what I mean? Like, they are gonna make a grand mm-hmm. exit, but, like, mm-hmm. they did it strategically to help the greater good, and so... And also, they if they didn't get caught, they'd still be there. Right. I mean, I don't think they cared about getting caught, but... Really? I mean, I don't think, but I know, but I'm saying that, like, they've done other stuff in the past, right? Like, they did the the um, fireworks before, and that people didn't know off top that right, it was like, got caught on purpose. Yeah, and I mean, I think that they yeah. may not have gotten caught on purpose this time, but I think that they also had a contingency plan mm-hmm. for if they did. Like, they weren't trying not to get caught, but if they mm-hmm. didn't get caught, I think they would have been fine either way. Mm. Maybe. I kind of always assume they got caught on purpose and was just like, it's, I'm fed up. Let's go. It's, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, so. I mean, I, I guess I assumed that if they hadn't got caught, it would have just given them more opportunity to do more shit. <coughs> yeah. But, you know, who knows? But yeah, I do think that, like, again, we're, we were, um, talking about the last, in the last episode where, like, um, Fred and George were talking about how, like, we laid off during uh, Easter break because people have to study and like, what's the point of doing all people are on break. And like, so they like just kind of what Robin was saying, like they've, they have a strategy, even though it seems like it's just chaos and they just do whatever they want. Like they're still um, like, they're still like very considerate of the people <coughs> who they're fighting for. Whereas like at this point it feels like people are just like, nah, I have a dung bong, I'm just gonna drop it off. Or like I'm trying like they're people are vying for the newly vacant position, right? So they're trying to like make a name for themselves and it seems a little bit more selfish than it is like we're just gonna make it hell for Umbridge, you know? Um Yeah. But I think again like Robin's saying, if there's no organization around it then that's just kind of a thing that happens. Um is eventually it just turns into chaos and kids are just wilding out yeah and i think too like it also like it reminds me kind of in the way of like when they were literally like black lives matter protests and like just protests in general and there's always like it starts off with like the people who are really in top with like what the resistance is and what they're protesting about and then as the lights 
as the night gets later, um, like, the anarchists come out, and, like, the people who just want to wreck things come out and kind of taint the overall message. I don't know if that's really true here. Like, I don't know if they're, they're tainting the overall message, but they are giving credence to the idea that, like, Hogwarts is out of control, and so there needs to be ministry approval or like ministry like a ministry presence you know because when you like i mean yeah when you see like the protests that like what we've had lately it's like we'll have 16 17 hours of just peaceful like protests and yeah maybe you're uncomfortable or whatever but then there's like two hours after most people have gone home and there's usually white boys with mask on, smashing things, and then that's the only thing that gets talked about. And so... Or it's like, today when we're recording, um, <laughs> I've been following the situation in Philly. Um, in the post-Super Bowl. Seri- I mean, ooh, <laughs> Super Bowl win, because I don't know my sports ball. I don't know my sports ball, leave me alone. I watched it, leave me alone. Um, but, like, a lot of people are bringing up that same point in that like people were destroying the city of philadelphia um they literally stood on top of the awning of the ritz carlton and like there were dozens of people up there and then the awning fell and it was celebration like the way that they were talking about it was like celebration and they're just you know out here celebrating their super bowl win but like a peaceful protest gets like dozens of like military armed cop cars meanwhile they're literally people putting things on fire and bringing down street poles after a a sports ball win and somehow like the 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 difference in the way it's covered and in the way it's patrolled are absolutely different and it's just like there's there's reason and then there's chaos and somehow the chaos just gets to do whatever it wants because it's sports ball um right and i think that anyway, just like slightly bringing it back to what's happening bringing here, it back to hogwarts i just think that the the problem here is is that like there could be so we've already had like the quibblers um thing about you know showing harry's side and there's like kind of an al- alternative press um And we could have another one of those things where we can talk about, like, the uprising at Hogwarts and, like, how the students are not um, taking to the new regime or whatever. But because of this behavior, it's so much easier to be, like, the ministry was right, Hogwarts is out of control, and it's... I hate, like, to say it, but, like, it it does do harm... To the, what the, like, teachers and, like, what, like, the students who are actually resisting Umbridge and the ministry are trying to do. Because it's just chaos. Yeah. yeah. But, in, and that's, like, long term, right? right. Um, in the short term, though, like, they're, they're running Umbridge ragged, which is, like, I think... Right. Again, I don't know that they're all necessarily doing, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's great, sure, it's, like, a good side effect and, like, whatever, but I also just worry about the kids who just want to learn and be in school <laughs> and be safe. Again, um, um, Marissa Lisko. I mean, at least you got lower level. L- 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 I can't. I'm so tired. 
Um, she did our Black Girls Nerd Out logo. I will find her name. She used to do these, like, illustrated tweets for Hello Giggles. And there's one where it's literally, like, two Hogwarts students complaining because Harry and his stupid friends have postponed finals <laughs> again. And ed- magical education is not cheap. And that is my aesthetic, like, always. It's like, mm-hmm. I didn't come here for this. <laughs> Like, I know that there are a lot of things going on in the world. But at least the lower years. But I'm still at school. At least the younger kids, at least the younger kids are learning the bubble-headed charm. That's um, advanced it's, That uh, is magic. true. That cool. is true. Harry did not know that charm last year. <laughs> that was a important, uh, or not important, that was like yeah. six, that was like post-OWL, right? I think. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Cedric mm-hmm. was the sixth year, right? So that's a or was he seventh? I think he was seventh year, but I think some sixth year probably knew it. I don't know. That is a is a plus. Um, so Filch prowled the corridors with a horse whip ready in his hands. Why? Why? How is that um, a good idea? He was he was desperate to catch miscreants, but there were so many of them now that he didn't know which way to turn. Um, the Inquisitorial Squad was attempting to help him, but odd things kept happening to its members. Warrington of the Slytherin Quidditch team reported to the hospital wing with a horrible skin complaint that made him look as though he had been coated in cornflakes. Um, and Pansy Parkinson, to Hermione's delight, had missed all of her lessons the following day as she had sprouted antlers. Yay. <laughs> it's lit. Um, meanwhile, it became clear just how many skiving snack boxes Fred and George had managed to sell before leaving Hogwarts. Umbridge only had to enter her classroom for the students assembled there to faint, vomit, develop dangerous fevers, or else spout blood from both nostrils. Um, shrieking with rage and frustration, she attempted to, um, trace the mysterious symptoms to their source, but students told her they had umbridgeitis. Um... (laughs) And after putting four successive classes in detention and failing to discover their secret, she was forced to give up and allow the bleeding, swooning, sweating, and vomiting students to leave her classes in droves. I'm like... Was she making them bleed from their hands also, though? No, that she'd be fine with. That's, and that's my thing. Like, if, you're giving these classes detention for being sick. Like, she doesn't know about the snack boxes, right? So, like, maybe there's, like, a nasty-ass bug going around. Um... And I mean, maybe maybe she's putting them in detention because they say it's umbragitis, right? So maybe she's just like <laughs> mad at that. But then, like on top of that, you're gonna put them in detention. You're gonna walk into detention. They'll probably do the same thing. So at this point, you might as well like just let them go. The you're not teaching them anything anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. Um, mm. Also, it frees you up to do your other job as headmaster, like cancel the classes what's really funny is that like there's a reason dumbledore does not teach classes because like and there's a reason why like vice principals and principals don't generally (laughs) teach classes because like administrative administrative work is its own job and it's not like you can do both Mm -hmm. unless you're really dedicated and don't need that much sleep but even dumbledore couldn't like, how is she trying to outdo Dumbledore? Mm. Like, come and on. I don't even know like, if Dumbledore, like, couldn't. Dumbledore. Like, probably in he a pinch he could stuff. have. But, like, why would you... You know what I mean? Like, you should focus your energy on what's needed. Yeah, like, why? 
And he did have other stuff outside of Hogwarts, which is kind of why there's failing um, <laughs> educational standards. But <laughs> um, he wasn't also trying to teach because he knew that like teaching was is a third thing that he cannot add on top of it because then Hogwarts right. would just be a flame. True. You think um, the Weasleys got away with a lot of not stuff even... then? <laughs> True. Right. Oh yes, the greatest thing of all time um, is about to happen. So not even the users of snack boxes could compete with the master of chaos, Peeves, who seemed to have taken Fred's parting words deeply to heart. I'm surprised he hasn't been expelled yet. Like, I'm glad he hasn't been, but, like, I know Filch was talking about that before. Maybe it's just, like, harder than they think it is to expel a poltergeist or something. It must be, because otherwise he would yeah. have been gone by now. Or, I mean, you know, there are other things happening, so maybe Umbridge is, like hasn't gotten around to it because there's she can't. chaos she yeah literally can't um and no one who can is right. gonna do it um so cackling madly he soared through the school upending tables bursting out of blackboards and toppling statues and vases twice he shut mrs norris inside suits of armor from which he she was rescued yowling loudly by the furious caretaker um, he smashed lanterns and snuffed out candles, juggled burning torches over the heads of screaming students. I don't think he took all of what Fred said to heart. Like, he was really selective. Fred said, give her hell from us. Okay. Her, as in Umbridge. And, and, and Peeve said, give the entire school hell? The students too? All of them? Got you. I got you. Everyone yeah, we're just going to do all of them at the same time because that's who I am. Um, so he caused neatly stacked piles of parchment to topple into fires or out of windows, um, flooded the second floor when he pulled off all the taps in the bathrooms, dropped a bag of tarantulas in the middle of the Great Hall during breakfast, and whenever he fancied a break, he spent hours at a time floating after Umbridge and blowing loud raspberries every time she spoke. So... I mean, that's, that's... I mean, and I was like, he's putting in overtime. And I think even if he had just done that last thing, it would have been... Yeah, I think so. None of the staff but Filch seemed to be stirring themselves to help her. Indeed, a week after Fred and George's departure, Harry witnessed Professor McGonagall walking right past Peeves, who was determinedly loosening a crystal chandelier, and could have sworn he heard her tell the poltergeist out of the corner of her mouth, it unscrews the other way. Oh, bless you, McGonagall. Greatest of all time. Bless you. Goat. The goat. Just Amazing. To cat matters, Montague had still not recovered from his surge onto the toilet, which just sounds <laughs> wrong out of context. He remained, he remained confused and disoriented, and his parents were to be observed one Tuesday morning, striding up the front drive, looking extremely angry. This is literally the only time we I mentioned parents wrote showing that up down. to Hogwarts. Like, I made that as a note. I was like, <laughs> is this the only time we parent, like, that and the time Myrtle died? Like, that was it. Because I'm like, they didn't call the Creepy. It could happen. They didn't call the Grangers. They didn't call the Clearwaters. They didn't call the Grangers. I feel like there is room for them to have called other parents. Like, other parents could have shown up to Hogwarts, and we just didn't know about it. I'm just thinking, like, that was the most, like, extreme. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't call the Diggories, but only because the Diggories were there already. 
Yeah. But, like... And, like, I guess everybody knew that there was a mass murder. True, so you didn't really have to call for that. Although you probably should have told the muggles. Uh, or the muggle-born, sorry. I guess the muggles. The muggle parents. Um, yeah. Yeah. I need, like, this protocol is, uh... It's it's not working. So her mom... Hermione's a little fretting. She's like, should we say something about what happened to him in case it helps Madame Pomfrey? Ron's like, no. Why? <laughs> He'll recover. He'll be fine. Um, anywhere more trouble for Umbridge, isn't it? Said Harry in a satisfied voice. He and Ron both tapped the teacups they were supposed to be charming with their wands. Harry spotted four short legs that would not reach the desk and wriggled pointlessly in midair. Ron's drew four very thin, spindly legs that hoisted the cup off of the desk with great difficulty, trembling for a few seconds, then folded, causing the cup to crack into two. Uh, Hermione fixes it. That's all very well, but what if Montague's injuries are permanent? Who cares? Ron so, says irritably. I. So, I mean, it's fucked up that, like, Ron and Harry are just like, eh, whatever, who cares? Um, but also, I thought it was interesting that Hermione does care so much, um, especially. Considering that she permanently gave mm-hmm. a Exactly. And so then I was wondering, because we were talking about um, in the last like couple episodes, just like not seeing Hermione's reaction to Marietta um, and not hearing from her how mm-hmm. she feels about it. Um, and I don't necessarily want to read into it, right? And like, I don't want to make it seem like, like we all know how I feel about Hermione, so I don't want to make it seem like I'm trying to make excuses for her, or I'm trying to be like this is because it could just be that she feels bad this one time, and for Marietta she still doesn't feel bad, and that could be a thing. Um, but I'm just trying to like find lines of like characterization and like development and stuff, and so I'm wondering if her like worry about Montague now is also like kind of remorse or like her ref- like reforming herself from the situation with Marietta like now she kind of like sees the consequences of those actions and are and is now like okay yeah so maybe that like because she realizes that that was wrong she is trying to be more empathetic to people who she doesn't necessarily agree with um I'm curious it's not you know I'm reading into it so um yeah and it's curious because she mentioned should we say something so Madame Pomfrey can make it better but I wonder if she went to Madame Pomfrey to be like, hey, this is the spell I cast on Mary mm-hmm. face, just in case that helps you. Right, make yeah. It I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> it's curious. It would, we would, it would be interesting to know if she went to Madame Pomfrey to be like, hey, what's up? So I'm the one who can cast the curse. Uh, you, you, Hippolas, laws, right? Like, there's wizarding Hippolas. laws. Like, you can't tell on me. Great. And Madame Pomfrey probably wouldn't. So, you know, it's fine. Um... To be like, hey, I cast this specific jinx. This is what it was, just in case. It'd be yeah, and I mean, also, maybe this whole series could have just been from Hermione's perspective, and then we would know all these things. Okay. And we maybe <laughs> wouldn't be as angry It's charging. the main character as much. Not to say that we wouldn't I mean, ever be. Just, you know. you know. They're all there. Harry, just, he beyond, he does a it's lot. A lot. He's, he's on 10. Um, Ron says that Montague shouldn't have tried to take all those points from Gryffindor, uh, should he? So that's the other thing, is that Montague got pushed into that vanishing cabinet because he tried to take points off of Fred and George. Um, which is, which is a 
problem. And then Ron's like, yeah, well, if he hadn't taken those points, like, it's just not, like, comparable at all. Like, dude clearly has, like, uh, like, something's happening to him in, like, either, like, physically, mentally, some, some kind of magical thing went down. Um, and Ron cares, all he cares about are his points. Yeah. Typical in immature Gryffindor. Like, I would point it, like, pin that on just Ron, but it's absolutely not. Like, it's all, like, I, like Fred and George are the ones who did it. Also, Harry doesn't seem to care at all either, so. Um, yeah. It's maybe why the house system and point system should not be a thing, but. <laughs> I'm still, like, I'm yeah. in love with the idea um, that you keep trying to fix something that happened 23 years ago. It's there, man. We got to learn how to work within this system. I'm it's just not going anywhere. I'm just saying. Oh, I know. I'm just. I am just making an observation. I'm not starting a campaign this time. Okay. Just making a point. <laughs> just making a good observation. Hashtag make Dana Prefect two K two K nineteen ninety five. Yeah. Two K two K nineteen ninety five. Two K nineteen ninety five. Nineteen, nineteen, nineteen. <laughs> um, it's all fine. Uh, uh, oh, and then Ron says, "If you want to worry about anyone, Hermione, worry about me. Why should I be worried about you? <laughs> when Mum's letter finally gets through Umbridge's screening process, I'm going to be in deep trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if she sent a howler again. It'll be my fault. Fred and George left. You wait. She'll say I have. I should have stopped them leaving. I should have grabbed the end of their brooms and hung on or something. Yeah, it'll be all my fault." Um, that's such a sibling thing. I mean, I, I, mean, I get to, want, it's slightly, um, like, <laughs> um, reverse because he's younger than Fred and George, but I younger. think that, like, if Chang's. Percy had been there, you know what I mean? Yeah. If there had been, like, an older sibling, then that would have been it, but since Ron is, like, the next, there's, he's like, the he's the next in line or whatever, but, like, yeah. definitely remember lots of times I got in trouble because my siblings did something. And I would just be sitting there, and I'd be like, all of a sudden, he's like, like my dad's looking at me, and I'm like, well, I was my, I was reading a book. I don't know why they weren't reading a book. Yeah. I was trying to set an example by minding my own business, but I guess now I'm in trouble. So, <laughs> great. That's awesome. So I feel for Ron, even though it happens. I don't know though, because Ron is they not should be the worried oldest. about Montague. Like, well, yeah, but that's what I was saying. But he's the oh, he's he's the He's the oldest in terms of like who like Fred and George are the oldest, so like they clearly Right. Are they did They're it. They're lost so, causes you know. though. It's not like Percy's there, right? <laughs> like I think because Ron is like the closest to them um in age and is like relatively responsible in Molly's <laughs> eyes. Not necessarily not like no. not like actually, but just in terms or like should be responsible. Yeah. Maybe is the word. He's a prefect. Yeah. yeah. You know? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, if she does say that, it'll be very unfair. You couldn't have done anything. Um, but I'm sure she won't. I mean, if it's really true they've got... Wow, my pages are sticking together. Um, it's really true they got Premises and Diagon Alley now. They may have been planning this for ages. Um, yeah, that's the other thing. How did they get Premises? asked Ron. It's a bit dodgy, isn't it? Isn't it? Um... It occurred to me too, said Hermione. I've been wondering whether Mundungus had persuaded them to sell stolen goods or something awful. 
he hasn't said Harry. Um, and so he decides now that he's going to tell them that he gave them the Triwizard winnings um, because he doesn't want the Weasleys to think that Fred and George are criminals. Um, and Which, he says, I, mean, I don't regret it. You said what? Like, they're not hardened criminals, but they're not law-abiding folk. I'm just saying. I mean, they're not like... Uh, that, I think that that's... Well, I guess they do get some certain things like on the black market. They're not like 100% legit, but I also... I don't know. They're not Mundungus. I think there are levels. There are levels to this. Yeah, I think. Um, so Harry says he doesn't regret giving them the gold. Um, he didn't need it and they'd be great at a joke shop. But this is excellent, said Ron. It's all your fault, Harry. Mum can't blame me at all. Can I tell her? Yeah, I suppose you'd better, said Harry. Especially if she thinks they've received it. they're receiving stolen cauldrons or something. Um, Hermione didn't say anything for the rest of the lesson, but Harry had a shrewd suspicion that her self-restraint was bound to crack before long. Um, and so after they'd left the castle for a break, she looked to looked at him and was about to speak, and Harry said, It's no good nagging me, it's done. Fred and George have got the gold, spent a good bit of it too by the sounds of it, and I can't get it back from them, and I don't want to, so save your breath. I wasn't going to say anything about Fred and George, uh, she said, um, and then Ron snorts disbelievingly, Liar. and Hermione says, I wasn't. As a matter of fact, I was going to ask Harry when he was going back to Snape to ask for occlumency lessons again. Well, Well, she got an agenda. <laughs> but also, it's like, there are plenty of things to nag Harry about. So many things. So many things. <laughs> All the things. And and they don't even know that he stuck his face in Snape's thoughts. Like, they still don't know that. So, like, she's just his asking, like, face. you know, on her... Yeah. Um, so, as Harry had not confided in them the reason he wanted to talk to Sirius, it had been hard to think of things to tell them. He had ended up saying, truthfully, that Sirius had wanted Harry to resume occlumency lessons and had been regretting it ever since because Hermione would not let the subject drop. You can't tell me you've had you've stopped having funny dreams because Ron told me last night you were muttering in your sleep. Um, Harry threw Ron a furious look, and now Ron looks ashamed. Which at some point Ron just needs to stand up. Like Ron only stands up to Harry when he's feeling <laughs> like when he's in his feelings. Like he never stands up to him when it's like an actual time to stand up to him. Um, I also feel like you were only muttering with Ron. A bit. It's like oh. you are concerned, like. With, with Hermione, she feels very confident in being like, I am doing this because I am concerned about you. And maybe you don't like the method, but like underlying, like you need, this needs to happen and you're not going to do it. I don't know. And like Ron, because Ron doesn't call Harry out on his bad behavior, he doesn't really have a leg to stand on when he goes behind, like, because then it's like you're going behind my back and you won't tell this to my face. Like, you're telling Hermione. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Hermione's right. like, I'm going to tell it to your face. I'm going to tell it to Ron's face. I'm going to tell it to Dumbledore's face. Like, get it together. <laughs> and I think that's really, like, the reason why he feels so... Because you see this even in, like, his prefect dumb, like, oh, I'm not going to tell the twins what to do, but I'm going to tell first year what to do. You know, it's like picking and choosing who he will be right. honest and stern with. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you were only muttering a bit, he mumbled apologetically, something about just a bit farther. I dreamed I was watching you play Quidditch, said Harry. I was trying to get you to stretch out a bit far- farther to get the quaffle, which is a terrible lie. Quick on his feet. I mean, it's a terrible lie, but it was like quicker than I was expecting. True. <laughs> he, was probably, he was probably sitting on it. Like, it was an easy, yeah, he definitely was, but it was an easy, like, relatable, mm-hmm. believable for them. Like, mm-hmm. for us, it's stupid. But I think, at least for Ron, it's just like, right. was he? He probably wasn't. Like, it's like something that, at least he's drawing from real life, and it's not like, I dreamed that Dudley was eating a donut, or whatever. Like, at least he, like, had a real life right. example. Or, like, of- you know, in the sixth book, when he tells Snape that his nickname is Ronald Waslib. And you're just like, yeah, it's actually one of it, that's true lies. of on the scale of Harry Potter lies. <laughs> Reno Waslip has served right. me as a very good password for certain things. Don't get any questions, guys, but it has been great. I mean, you know, <laughs> it's it's great. It's just not believable as Harry's one. nickname. True, but it's a great. I mean, yeah. it's actually a great password. Free password for all of you. <laughs> Don't ask Robin what it's her password. Don't for. tell right. anyone what the password is for you. <laughs> You've already gone too far. We'll all know. <laughs> all of us have Runal Waslet as a password for something. Um, so, so last night, Harry was in the Department of Mysteries in his dream. Um, and so he had probably been, uh, so he had, you know, gone through the thing. He ended up. Um, in the room with the glass spheres, and he had hurried straight toward no- row number 97, um, turned left and ran along. It had probably been then when he had spoken aloud, just a bit, just a bit farther, um, for he could feel his conscious self struggling to wake, and before he reached the end of the row, he had fi- found himself lying in bed again, gazing up at the canopy of his four-poster. You are trying to block your mind, aren't you? Said Hermione. You are keeping going with your aquamancy? Of course I am, said Harry. Like, dude. Liar. Just straight up. But you could just, you could just practice. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. (laughs) Who else would have been? Oh, sorry. Because he's nosy and wants to know what's happening. And and then he. What did you do? I didn't do anything. And then he blames it on the fact that um, with just under what? a month to go what? until exams, every free moment was devoted to studying, and his mind seemed but saturated with broken. information when he went to bed, so that he found it very difficult to get any sleep Thank at all. Um, and then when he did, his overwrought brains presented him with nights, um, most nights with stupid dreams about exams, and he also suspected that part of his mind now felt guilty, oh, the part that often spoke in Hermione's voice, now felt guilty on the occasions it strayed down the corridor and sought to wake him up before he could reach Journey's end. So, I mean, I think that these are valid on their own, but I do want to point out that, like, every time Harry doesn't practice, he has an excuse for it. Like, it's an, and it's a different excuse for why he's not doing it. And it's not to say that, I'll quit, it's not to say that practicing it is easy, right? <laughs> and it's not to say that, like, it's right. like a fun thing, but I think that there have been enough people who have tried to impress upon him like how important it is that he practice from people that he doesn't really respect to people that he respects a great deal and he's still not really like he and, and it's like I don't know, it just feels like he's not even really like attempting to find the time. I think he's like 
it's it's very low if you know how when you like I don't know I do this when so I write everything down um and depending on like how much I need to remember it I might just like write it down in my notes I might put it in my calendar I might put it in as a reminder um if I don't write it down then I'm I don't care enough so that if I remember to do it then I'll do it if I don't remember then whatever um and that's where and that's where the aquamancy (laughs) is for Harry it's at a point where like he doesn't care enough to remember to do it right and mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate because it's something that's like super important for him. So, I think I still think though that it's a matter of, and I don't want to make it sound like I'm putting I'm taking Harry off the hook because, like, someone asked you to do this thing and like this is a very scary and like up in the air time and like it's not you know a time to be taking things lightly, especially if someone like. Dumbledore is asking you to do this. Your Hermione's asking you to do this. Like Sirius and Remus are asking you to do this. Like I think that that like he's re- sorry. Really quickly, like this is a thing that Sirius and Snape agree on, right? <laughs> right. So I feel I'm not. That should tell you. A lot. I'm not like trying to give him a pass on that, but it comes back around to like giving kids, especially kids like Harry Potter, more information than even maybe you think that they can handle. But, like, letting him know the stakes I think would have been really important here. We have five, four and a half years of learning what Harry is like. Sorry, I'm eating a Skittles. Taste the rainbow. Um, or Starbucks. Starburst. I don't know. Whatever. We have four and a half years of knowing, like, Harry's quirks and his personality. And if you really want to get him to do something, you need to give him high stakes as to why. Mm-hmm. Death-defying. Or a mystery, honestly. Or a mystery. <laughs> Been like, solve I literally mystery. think it's only like the if only you way don't you solve it is if you take do this, you could die. I think that's like the one. <laughs> well, that doesn't work. Yeah, you could die. That one doesn't work. But he, it doesn't work because in year four, it was like, oh, you know you have how many to times he's almost died past these dragons. Oh, you have to figure out how to get this egg open. Oh, you have to figure out. Like, he actually studied for the maze. Well, if you don't do this, other people like, oh, will wait, die, might actually die because of you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's the one. And it's like, and like I said, it's, it's on, like, that's a ridiculous thing to have to do to someone instead of just being like, yo, this is important and you need to Voldemort focus on it. and see into your mind. Right. <laughs> like, but, I just... You know. Yeah. And I mean... Meet him where he's at. I I mean, I agree, right? Like, I think that, like, Dumbledore absolutely, in addition to teaching Harry Occlumency himself, should have given him more context and should have um, just impressed upon him, like, how important it is, like you're saying. Um, As well as, like, just giving him support in general. Like, there, there are a lot of things Dumbledore should have done. But, like... Yeah, so it's it's not 
all the way his fault. Which I feel like we say every episode. <laughs> We're just like, it's not totally his fault. But it's there not, are a not lot of people fault at either. fault here. But it's not not his fault. Yeah. Um. So, um, Ron says, you know, if Montague doesn't recover before Slytherin play Hufflepuff, we might be in a chance to win the cup. Yeah, I suppose so, said Harry, glad of the change of subject. I mean, we've won one, we lost one. If Slytherin lose to Hufflepuff next Saturday, yeah, that's right, said Harry. Um, and he lost track of what he was agreeing to because Cho had just walked across the courtyard, determined, determined not to look at him. Um... So, I mean, you know, Ron is somehow all of a sudden has some little spark of optimism, which is nice <laughs> for for a change. Um, and, yeah, um, he says, I can't get any worse, can I? Nothing to lose now, is there? Um, and then Hermione points out to Harry um, later that she thinks it might be better now for Ron without Fred and George around because they were never, they never exactly gave him a lot of confidence. Um, which, yeah, I think that even if they weren't making fun of, cause I think there are times where they like consciously left him alone, but I think, you know, he feels pressure to be yeah, better than, just, or like as good to, as his siblings. So he wants to be, I guess, worthy of them in some way. I also mm-hmm. just have this, realization that this book really sets up how terrible the relationships are going to be in the next book romantically mm-hmm. oh yeah it's easier to take this time because they're because she's not partially because she's yeah. not good at it but <laughs> mostly because joe's not good at it but which i guess circling back to fantastic beasts might be better if she doesn't touch my goodness <laughs> that relationship because she just wouldn't do it well that's very true as we've seen not at all we do have proof so there are many factors here yeah um yay good overtook them with what appeared to be a live eagle perched on top of her head because she's a brilliant genius Oh, I forgot, Hermione said, watching the eagle flapping its wings as Luna walked serenely past a group of cackling and pointing Slytherins because they're jerks. Cho will be playing, won't she? Harry, who had not forgotten this, really grunted because he he's over, he, like, he cares. doesn't care. Because he didn't want to date her for, like, months. He, he kind of cares. They found it's one of those things, like, I don't want her, but I don't want nobody else to have her. Yeah. And I don't want to talk about it. Which <laughs> is trash. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> They found seats in the topmost row of the stands. It was a fine, clear day. Ron could not wish for better. And Harry found himself hoping against hope that Ron would not give the Slytherins cause for more rousing choruses of Weasley is our king. Lee Jordan, who had been very dispirited since Fred and George had left, was commenting as usual. As the team zoned out of the pitches, out onto the pitches, is there more than one pitch? I'm confused. I don't know sports guys. Uh, he named the players with something less than his usual gusto. Radley, Davies, Chang, he said. And Harry had felt his stomach perform less of a back, less of a backflip, more of a feeble lurch. Just how it's kind of been for much longer <laughs> than he cared to admit. As Cho walked out onto the pitch, her shiny black hair rippling in the slight breeze. 
He was not sure what he wanted to happen anymore, except that he could not stand any more Rose. Even the sight of her chatting anim- animatedly, animatedly, chatting to Roger Davies <laughs> as he prepared to mount their brooms, as they prepared to mount their brooms, caused him only a slight twinge of jealousy. And they're off," said Lee. And Davies takes the quaffle immediately. Blah 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 blah. And he scores. Harry and Hermione groan as the rest of the, with the rest of the Gryffindors. Predictably, horribly, the Slytherins on the other side of the stands began to sing. Weasley cannot save a thing. Weasley cannot block a ring. Harry. Um, so they notice Hagrid coming out of the or coming into the stands. Apparently, he squeezes his way all the way along the row behind. For the first and second years, he had just passed at a ruffled, flattened look about them. For some reason, Hagrid was bent double as though anxious not to be seen, though he was still at least four feet taller than everybody else. Listen, can you come with me now while everyone's watching the game? Hagrid, can't it wait? I'm watching. Wait till the match is over? No. Harry, it's got to be now while everyone's looking the other way. Please? Harry's, Hagrid's nose was gently dripping this blood. Is... His eyes were both blackened. You're gonna, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna be able to guess the end of, like, the outcome of my feelings um, very soon um, and who I bench <laughs> very quickly. Um, but, like, you're asking them, like, this is the final Quidditch game, right? And, like, their best friend is in is playing the game and you're asking them to leave. When he could have solved the problem he has, he probably could have come to them earlier about it or, solved sooner. And this is my point for later. I'm going to save it. He could have gone to an adult, but I'm going to put a pen in there that. Is that. But There's like that. but Obviously. I just feel like you asking these children to like stop supporting their best friend to come help you as a 65 year old is (laughs) when you remember to put the perspective of his age it uh yeah it's 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 a problem um so they see that he's like super beat up and he looked utterly woebegone so harry's like yeah sure Peter Money edged back along the rows behind him, much causing much grumbling among the students who had to stand up for them. The people in Hagridsville were not complaining, merely attempting to make themselves as small as possible. I appreciate it, I really do. I just hope she doesn't know this is going. You mean Umbridge? She won't. She's got her whole inquisitorial squad sitting with her, didn't you see? She must be expe- expecting trouble at the match. Yeah, well, a bit of trouble wouldn't hurt. Give us more time. What is it, Hagrid? said Hermione, looking at him at him with a concerned expression on her face as they leave towards the forest. Yeah, you'll see in a mo. Hey, did one just, someone just score? Like, why are you pretending to even care about this game, Hagrid? It'll be Ravenclaw, said Harry heavily. Good, good. That That's good. They had to jog to keep up with him because his legs are so long. Uh, when they reached the cabin, Hermione automatically turned left towards the front door. Hagrid, however, walked straight past it to the shade of trees, Shade of trees out on the outermost edge of the forest where he had picked up a crossbow that was leaning against a tree. When he realized they were no longer with him, he turned. We're going in there. And that's when they should have turned back around and been like, catch you on the flip (laughs) side. Yeah, we we aren't doing this today. Sorry. This is a terrible idea, Hagrid. Yeah. Please explain to us now before we follow you into the forest. The forbidden one. Right. The forbidden one. Um, so they do go after him. Haggard, why are you armed? Just to nah, precaution. Man. 
You didn't bring your crossbow the day you showed us the Thestrals. Now, well, we're going further in than that. Um, anyway, that was before Ferenz nah, left the forest, wasn't it? What does Ferenz leaving make a difference? Because the other centaurs are good and riled up at me, that's why. Uh, I imagine him, like, pulling his collar away <laughs> from his neck, like, Ugh. Oh, man. Uh, they used to be, well, wouldn't call them friendly, but we got on all right. Kept themselves to themselves, but always turned up if I wanted a word. Not anymore. Ferenc said that they're angry because he went to work for Dumbledore, Harry said, tripping on a root because he was watching Hagrid's profile. Yeah, well, angry doesn't cover it. Ruddy livid. If I hadn't stepped in, I reckon they would have kicked Ferenzi to death. They attacked him? Yeah, he had half the herd onto him, and you stopped it by yourself? Of course I did. Couldn't stand and watch him get killed, could I? Luckily, I was passing, really, and I thought Ferenzi would have remembered that before he'd started sending me Which is not how that works. Warnings. Usually when your friends do you a solid <laughs> or, like, I don't know, save your life, you want to save theirs and make sure that they're cool and that they don't do stupid things. Yeah. Save their lives in return, possibly. That's literally what he was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, I to... think, you know. Yeah. Hagrid does not elaborate. Anyway, since then, the other centaurs have been living with me and the trouble is, they've got a lot of influence in the forest. Cleverest creatures in here. Is that why we're in here, Hagrid? The centaurs? Mm, no. No, it's not them. Well, of course, they could complicate the problem, yeah. But uh, we'll see what I mean in a bit. On this incomprehensible note, he fell silent and forged a little ahead, taking one stride for every three of theirs, so they had great trouble keeping up with him. They go deeper and deeper into the forest, and Harry, Hag, mm, Harry's like, Haggard, where are we going? Like, bit further, come on, Harry. So he, sorry, <laughs> he, he's remembering vividly what happened to him on the other occasions he had stepped off of the forest path. Do we want to go through what has happened to him vividly? Nah, man. The first time, <laughs> he ran into Voldemort sucking the blood of a unicorn. The second time, he almost got yeah. eaten by giant yeah. spiders. Um, yeah. And I don't know about the third time. I feel like this might have just been on the outskirts of the Forbidden Forest, but it still happened. He ran into an imperious Barty Crouch Sr. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I just... True story. Yeah feel like Hagrid should be so a little bit more transparent. No. No. Um, so they keep going to the forest. They're getting cut and stuff by the trees. Um, loud breaking twigs. Like, I think they should be a little bit more quiet because, you know, there are creatures in the forest that literally want to kill them, as Hagrid has just explained. Um, so Hermione's like, can we just, can we light our wands? He's like, yeah. Um, he stopped and suddenly turned around. Hermione walked right past him and was knocked over backward. Harry caught her just before she hit the forest floor. Maybe we best just stop for a moment so I can fill you in. So now that we're here. <laughs> now that you can't go <laughs> anywhere. I'll tell you what's going on. <laughs> so the thing is, uh, well, there's a good chance I'm going to be fired is basically what's happening. Because as we've said multiple times on the podcast, Hagrid... Um, no. is not a great teacher. He's been alright this year, but he, with Umbridge around, it's it was just a, matter of, a matter, of, matter of time. So, um, Umbridge apparently thinks it was him who put the Niffler in his off- in her office. But, and like, also, why would that make sense? Thing- he's a professor, and he's on probation. <laughs> because she's petty and, and racist. Yeah, obviously. 
petty and racist. And those I'm things don't hashtag. lend themselves well to logic, so. <laughs> no, not at all. Um, you know, she's been looking for a chance to get rid of me ever since I got back. I don't want to go, of course, but if it wasn't for, well, special circumstances I'm about to explain, I'd leave right now before she got the chance to do it to me in front of the whole school, like she did with Trelawney. Uh, Harry and Hermione make to protest, but Hagrid overrode them with the wave of one of his enormous hands. It's not the end of the world. I'll be able to help Dumbledore once I'm out of here. I can be useful to the Order, and you lot have got Grubbly Plank, Mm -hmm. a competent teacher. Yeah, you'll get through exams fine. Don't worry about me. Look, I wouldn't be telling you this if I didn't have to. See, if I go, well, I can't leave without someone knowing. And I'll need the two of you to help me. 15-year-olds. Why does he not have any adult friends? You know, if he wants. Like, he has no friends. Oh, what are you doing? He literally has no friends because he just made these friends five years ago. I don't understand. So now I'm regretting my answer. So I put put in the Slack channel um, last week. So my the executive director of my uh the job um her son (laughs) is reading harry potter for the first time and he's like a kid um and last week at one point she like noticed my ravenclaw boots and then she was like should i be suspicious of hagrid and i was like taken aback and i just kind of laughed and i was like (laughs) No, I mean he's cool. I mean, like it. She was like, he's always around, and I was like, yeah. I mean, he's he's cool. You know what I mean? I was like, he, you shouldn't be suspicious of him. Like he's <laughs> he's like fine. He's like their friend or whatever. But I'm also now like, why does he not have any adult friends? And like because they shun him because of Imani, prejudice. Amani in the chat reminds us. Hey girl. I mean, but I think it's some yes. prejudice, sure, but true. like. Not he food? wasn't Indian. These oh, teachers like, have known him it's for only like just years. gotten out. It's only been a year since people realized that he was a half giant. Which how? But also like okay. it's only been a year, yeah. right? And I think even like people like Sirius and Remus and like obviously not the two of them specifically because they got their own shit going on. But like they're friendly with Hagrid, right? There's like there are other people who are adults at the very least. And not necessarily who he's close with, obviously, because the closest people he has are three 15-year-olds. But, like, people who he could have developed those relationships with. Lupin, Lupin would have showed up. Oh, you got a problem in the forest? You need some help? Sure. I guess Lupin's on his own quests and like missions and stuff but he like, made he could have even told the order and the order would have been like haggard seriously but then also probably would have at least done try to do something figure something but you're, out you're you're enlisting these 15 year olds like to like they're already in a place they shouldn't be they're in the forbidden forest they're students at the school like this is all and honestly i feel like Entry into the Forbidden Forest by a student could immediately get them expelled. Right. Once Umbridge finds and out, that's so like, like and like maybe not expelled and and um, before Umbridge, but at the very least, you know well, not saying before yeah. Umbridge, but it's always been forbidden, right? Oh, like yeah. it's not like it's a law that she. Oh no, they met, always like, tell them to go created. in there. Like that's a rule that's been there for a very. Yeah. Like it's literally called the Forbidden Forest. Yeah. So I don't. Mm. I don't understand what Hagrid. And so Gryffindor Harry says, of course we'll help you right away. Sir. What do you want us to do? You don't need to Sir. explain anything. Immediately. Of course we would love to help you. 
Hagrid gave a great sniff because he's an emotional giant <laughs> and patted Harry wordlessly on the shoulder with such force that Harry was knocked over sideways into a tree. I knew you'd say yes, but I will never forget. Well, come on. Just a little bit further here. You mm-hmm. still have not no. explained yourself. Literally all you said is... Not at all. I'm probably going to lose my job. I'm going to need your help with this thing. And that's <laughs> a thing you could have said... So they walk 30 like, minutes... Pretty much anywhere else. At the... Yeah. So they're already 15 minutes in. They walk another 15 minutes in. Uh, Harry started to ask how much longer it would take when Hagrid threw out his right arm to signal they should stop. Really easy. Very quiet now. They crept forward and Harry saw that they were facing a large smooth mound of earth nearly as tall as Hagrid that he thought, with a jolt of dread, was sure to be the lair of some enormous animal. Which you should have asked about when he gave you that. I mean... Treat... (laughs) Trees had been ripped up at the roots all around the mound so that it stood on a bare patch of ground surrounded by heaps of trunks and boughs that formed a kind of fence or barricade behind which Harry Hermione, behind which Harry Hermione and Hagrid now stood, sleeping. Sure enough, Harry could hear a distant rhythmic rumbling that sounded like a pair of enormous lungs at work. He glanced sideways at Hermione, who was gazing at the mound with her mouth slightly open. She looked utterly terrified. Hagrid? Who is he? Harry found this an odd question. What is it was the one he'd been planning to ask because Mm-mm. he's not a Ravenclaw. Uh, Hagrid, you, you, told us, you told us none of them wanted to come. Harry looked around, looked from her to Hagrid, and then as realization hit him, that Boop. little light bulb, he looked back at the mound with a small <gasps> gasp of horror. The greatest mound, the great mound on earth on which he, Hermione, and Hagrid ha- could have easily stood was moving slowly up and down in time with a deep grunting breathing. It was not a mound at all. It was the curved back of what was clearly... Well, no, he didn't want want to come, but I had to bring him, Harney. I had to. But why? But why? <laughs> but why? But why? Hagrid, what? I just... I, I knew if I just got him back, close to tears himself, uh, and taught him a few manners, I'd be able to take him outside and... <laughs> Who? Sure. Who? He really wanted to take a half giant, a full-grown giant. And this is like outside. you took him away from his home in the without Wizarding his world, consent, which is half like, in London. Now you just he giant napped him, and, and then was like, then was like, "I'm gonna teach him." I don't understand why he's not like participating. <laughs> why he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> I don't understand. I just want to show everyone that he's harmless. Harmless, said Hermione shrilly, and Hagrid made a frantic hushing noise with his hands as the enormous creature before them grunted loudly and shifted in its sleep. He's been hurting you all this time, hasn't he? That's why you've had all these injuries. He don't know his own strength. (laughs) And he's getting better. He's not fighting so much anymore. So this is why he's not fighting so much anymore. Take him back home. Hagrid. Why did you bring him back if he didn't want to come? Wouldn't he been happy with his own people? They were all bullying him, Hermione, because he's so small. Small? Small? Hermione, I couldn't leave him, said Hagrid, now tears trickling down into his bushy beard. See, he's my brother. Hermione suddenly stared at him, her mouth open, because she's over it. Hagrid, when you say brother, said Harry slowly, do you mean, well, half-brother? 
because giant on giant makes much more sense than giant Half on giant, human. How that work? Okay, we still okay, have no but, answers. But before we get we there, have because no I, have a, for this. I have a place where I, I like I just he okay. yeah. I'll keep reading. But how it worked though? Um, it's his half brother, amended Hagrid. Turns out, me mother took up with another giant when she left me dad, and she went and had Grop here. Grop? said Harry. Yeah, well, that's what it sounds like when he says his name. He don't speak a lot of English. I've been trying to teach him. Anyway, she don't seem to have liked him much more than she liked me. See, with giantesses, what counts is producing good big kids, and she's always been on. He's always been on the runty side for so, a giant. So sorry, Only sixteen feet. If giantesses like big kids, and she left Hagrid <laughs> because he was a small kid, why would she have gotten with a human in the first place? Because I don't know how you can create large giants with a human. It's also you would think that you're like. Well, we don't know how you create any giants with I mean, a human. I but mean, yes. We're gonna, we're gonna pretend like it makes sense that we're in a world where giants and humans can procreate together. We're just gonna pretend like that's a thing that happens and is like somehow it works, right? Magic it happens all the time. Um, yeah, but like magic. So, th- but then like. Why, like, if you have a a vision for like who you want your kids to be, like with Grop, right? Like with Grop, like you had romance? a kid with a giant, and like dude ended up being sixteen feet. Like, okay, what can you do, right? Like, that's not really. That's just what happened. But you had Hagrid. Hagrid's only like what, like eight feet, maybe twelve, because like he's half human. I think the thing none of this adds up is that. You you are once again putting logic in a place where logic does not belong. Mm. Um, this cannot go, and I think that just cannot go there. I I really do think though that like the real flaw here is that in terms of like mating and stuff, you know, like you see a tall dude and you're like, hey, and then you're like, that's my loins, and that's biology that don't have nothing to do with me or my brain right and if we're supposed to believe that the giants are not as like if they're like all instinct and all like feeling then how did Hagrid's dad come up and then Wahlberg or whatever her name is is like and hey th- I mean I just have so many questions it just don't make feel like that's the one that gets me I just don't understand and I still because like, like obviously trying. you can have relations with a full grown giant and still end up with kind of a runt, which is Grop, right? Mm-hmm. But like we don't know what his dad was like, you know, like. But I Hagrid's mean, dad when when he when, 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 ha- when Hagrid tall? was six years old, Hagrid Max. could pick him up and put him on the on the dresser. Like, right. So I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying with Grop's dad, we don't really know. Like maybe she oh, thought, Grop's like, dad. yeah, this is my like chance to, you know, get it right this time or whatever. But with Hagrid's dad, oh, absolutely. Like, how was she even attracted? How was that even something that she thought that's, she could have, might have, maybe made it like want? What was happening 
Like, did she think yeah, like, game. oh, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for love, and like, it won't matter, and then she realized it mattered, or like, what? I don't, I, st- I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe she was on some giant birth control <laughs> and it failed. So she was just doing it for fun, <laughs> and then was like, oh yeah. no. But then, like, how was that? I've missed Never the- mind. Never mind. Nope. Mm-mm. Not doing it. I feel like you want to do it. This podcast is explicit, but not that explicit. <laughs> I mean, Honestly, I just this was not the explicit we there. thought about when we like, put it up there. We were thinking, like, our language sometimes is not what you want your children to hear. Yeah. Not the in-depth oh, man. <laughs> conversations about... Inner workings of giant mating. But we didn't... But we didn't actually go there, so it's fine. Um, so Hermione's like, what you mean 16 feet is minuscule? Um, he was being kicked around by all of them. I just couldn't leave him. Did Madame Maxie want to bring him back, Max Harry? She, well, she could see it was right important to me. I don't know why I'm doing this voice, but you know, she was important to me. Uh, but she got a bit tired of him after a while, I must admit. So we split up on the journey home. She promised not to tell anyone. How on earth did you get him back without anyone noticing, said Harry. Well, that's why it took so long, see? Because we could only travel at night and through the wild country and stuff. Of course, he covers the brown ground pretty well when he wants to, but he kept wanting to go back. Hagrid, mm-hmm. why did you giant just napped him? him. Said Hermione, flopping, onto a great <laughs> flopping down onto a ripped up tree and burying her face in her hands. What do you think you're going to do with a giant, violent, a violent giant who doesn't even want to be here? Well, now really? violent. That's a really? bit harsh. Is it? Twist, still twisting his hands agitatedly. I'll admit he might have taken a couple of swings at me when he's in a in of a bad mood, but okay. he's getting better, loads better, settling down Just, real well. He takes swipes at Hagrid, who is a full-grown adult at the very least, um, and is, is a half guy. So he's he's larger and stronger than the average adult. Um, and he's like, yeah, Grop will take. He's coming out the the Forbidden Forest, limping, bruises. Like, bloody noses, black eyes, broken ribs. And he's asking three 15-year-old human children to look after his giant brother. But he's less violent now. Because he's tied to a tree. Is he tied to a tree in this one? <laughs> I think yeah. he is. Or he's, like, tied to the ground. He's, so. tied, he's tied down. Yeah. Yeah. You have him tied up, said Hermione faintly. Well, yeah, said Hagrid, looking anxious. See, it's like I say, he doesn't really know his own strength. Harry understood now why there had been such a suspicious lack of any other living creature in this part of the forest. So, what is it you want Harry and Ron and me to do? Run. Look after him after Exactly. Thank you. Harry and Hermione exchanged miserable looks because Harry agreed Mm -hmm. too soon. Very uncomfortably aware that he had already promised Hagrid. I just feel like you know Hagrid, and you've known him for a long time now. I mean, once he took, once he told y'all to go into the Forbidden Forest, and you were met by Aragog, you should have been like, "I'm tentatively in, but I need more information." It would have been like, "We're friends, Hagrid, but like, we tentative, yes, yeah." (laughs) Tentative, yes. 
So what does caring for him involve exactly, Hermione asks. Not food or anything. He can get his own food, no problem. Birds and deers and stuff. No, it's it's company that he needs. Like And the other thing, too, is that, like, does Grom actually need these things or want these things? Like, Grom does not care. You don't know that. You would think that Norbert didn't need to know his mummy. But he did, alas. (laughs) Aragog, too, in the cupboards of the school. Aragog was first in the school. And, you know, I initially would have written, like, you know, at the time, I would have written it off as, like, Hagrid's 12 or 13. He doesn't know any better. But now he's 67. And I just think he hasn't learned any lessons. Not a single lesson. So you have to at least like give him like props for his brother going through life not learning a single no. lesson. <laughs> like that's impressive. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I guess that is impressive. But yeah. yeah. You may not so, like him, Connie, and but you gotta admit Harry's just like Hagrid don't learn no lessons. <laughs> I don't know. I'm tired. <laughs> he definitely doesn't have style. Um, so Harry's just like looking at this giant, giant and like describing him and Harry's like, you want us to teach him? He now understood what Ferenza's warning had meant. His attempt is not working. He would do better to abandon it. Of course, the other creatures who lived in the forest would have heard Hagrid's fruitless attempts to teach crop English. Yeah, even if you just talk to him a bit, said Hagrid, hopefully, because I reckon if he can talk to people, he'll understand more. We all like him, really. Do and we want, him to want stay. that? No. Also, that's like, I don't. so. It, it's no. like a very Eurocentric. He doesn't even want it. Like, he just needs to understand mm-hmm. us. Yes. And mm-hmm. understand yes. English and realize that we're civilized yes. and he'll want to. He'll never want to leave again. And it's like, um, mm-hmm. situation's a bit more nuanced than that. Yes, he's literally colonizing his brother. And he's calling it's literally, literally what it is cuz he's like, "Oh, um, we're related. I'm going to bring you yeah. to this place that you don't want to come to, and then I'm going to like make you learn my stuff so that I can integrate you into my society." No, fuck that. Also, like Yeah. Hagrid is projecting so much. Yeah. Like and 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 I know that yes. like he has, you know, he has his own like he issues was a with motherless his family. child not accepted in society. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to let you Robin do that, that one time because that's literally duh. what's happening. Like that's what's happening. Like he he found out cuz if if it had just been like any old giant, like I don't think he would have done this, but he found out that they have some kind of relation and instead of being like, "Oh, for sure, I'm going to come see you again at some point. Hopefully you're still alive." Right? Like, he said, no, I'm going to uproot you. You don't know anything about me. You don't know me. You don't, like, we can't actually communicate. I'm going to take you. From, didn't we, like, map out where they were? Very far. Like, very, very far. middle of Europe. Like, just hella far. I'm going to take you to. Very middle of Europe. Like, the middle of, of Scotland. For what? Where, and, and where, like, everything is going down. <laughs> like,. Like the middle of wait, all of the action, guys. How did how did they mm-hmm. get to the island? How did he get a eighteen foot giant across? They walked. The Plot. Water. They walked tonight. He's eighteen feet. 
<laughs> he just stood up. I just, I'm just now realizing that, like, I don't know if that's where the English Channel is, what ocean is up there, the Arctic, I don't know. But, like, mm-hmm. there's definitely seas <laughs> up there. What boat did he fashion to get Magic. this boy <laughs> to the Forbidden Forest in Scotland? They're on an island. Magic. Okay. Yeah. So then Haggard asks. So Haggard Haggard asks um her Harry, Hermione, and Ron, but Ron's not there because, you know, he's has a Quidditch game that they should be watching. Says, I he said, I don't want you to put yourself out too much. Like I know you've what? got exams. If you could just nip down here in your invisibility cloak, maybe once a week and have a chat with him. In Umbridge's Hogwarts, this is the thing that he's asking. Like, I understand, like, it's it's already ridiculous, right? And But, like, I think, like, if Dumbledore was still around, one, Hagrid could have gone to Dumbledore and Dumbledore would have figured something out. Um, but also, I think the risk would be less, at least in terms of punishment, not so much in terms of, like, physical risk. Getting killed. Um, but, like, you want them... When Umbridge is lit, like, she has that place locked down. Like, she may be, Not like, inside. Not only them, you she want lost Harry control Potter. inside, But at the very least, like, she got the, the perimeter secure. Inside, it's a mess. But the perimeter, especially when it comes to Harry, like, especially. Right. And Hagrid knows that the Ministry will literally do anything. They like it can be the smallest thing to to expel Harry. It doesn't have to be that he's keeping a giant in the Forbidden Forest. Like it doesn't have to be that big. And Hagrid is like, "Can you do like I just what? Hagrid Sir, you're sixty nine years old. Well, I guess he his. But like, I know his like. He's expelled because of the death of a student, but it's also because he had a giant creature in the school that caused the death of the student. Like, literally, you were expelled because you had a creature. And, like, gave them reason to be able to pin the basilisk I'm just saying, stuff on you. I'm just saying Hagrid is 75 years old. It's literally why he understand. was expelled from school. And yet, he's passing it along to other students who could be expelled from school. Partially because a student could potentially die. One of the three of them. The other thing about this is that's really just mind-boggling, even though it is Hagrid, is that he's saying all of this because he's like, I could be fired any day now. So could you watch him? Because you're not going to face any consequences for this. Like, you're preparing to leave, like Bayana said, Umbridge's Hogwarts. Like mm-hmm. you're like you're the whole reason why you're doing this is because you realize that like the status quo is not going to fly anymore. And your response is Oh, but the kitties got it. Mm-hmm. It's, and not just so the long. kitties, Harry That's Potter the so d- undesirable number one. He can do this. But yeah. but yeah. I mean, he's Umbridge's undesirable number one. Mm-hmm. Already. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't really think I'm there's trying much to. to get. I'm trying very hard. So Hagrid wants, Hagrid wants to introduce them. 
Um, and Hermione's like, we really mm -hmm. don't need this right now. But he goes over and wakes him up. He's like, all right, Groppy? Which I just said Hagrid in a would-be cheery voice, backing away with the long bra bow raise, ready to poke Grop again. Have a nice sleep. Wow, literally the phrase is, don't wake a sleeping giant. Bro, it's tickle a sleeping tickle dragon. Tickle a sleeping dragon. No, no. Oh, no, I'm, yeah. But like in real life. In real, no, I'm oh, yeah, real don't, life, wake the, like, don't wake the sleeping giant thing. or whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah. And then she translated it to don't tickle a sleeping dragon, mm -hmm. which is the same thing. And Hagrid should know this because well, it's literally the. He should know it. School. That. <laughs> That he is groundskeeper of, so at least once he's cleaned a sign. One time, one time. Um, 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 mm. somewhere, at least one time. <laughs> at least on the gates. At I feel like you guys point. are giving him so much credit that he does not deserve. I love me some. Hat. I'm not at this point. I, just, I, I am, I am. I feel. I'm just saying, like, e like well, even your really, shock at this is giving I'm not him shocked. undue I'm just credit. Irritated. Like, I'm not. It's not shock. It's like why. It's just why. It's Have like you missed it when we were talking about the Johnny Depp situation. We're just like, I'm not surprised. I'm also just like, for what reason, though? Like, it wasn't necessary. You could do better. You know better. You're you're 76 years old. Yeah. But what fun would that be? Rob was, as Hagrid had said. To do the right thing. <laughs> True. Rob was, as Hagrid. No fun at all. Rob was, as Hagrid had said, 16 feet tall. Uh, he, like, wakes up, glazing blearily around. He reached out a hand the size of a beach umbrella, sees the bird's nest from the upper... Like, why are the birds even nesting <laughs> at this point? True. It's been months. They should know better. They really That's their fault. Um, sees, the <laughs> sees the bird's nest from the upper branches of a towering pine and turned it upside down with, like, with a roar of apparent displeasure that there were no birds in it. Eggs fell like grenades. They just abandoned their babies because they're like, actually, we have to leave. We cannot stay here. Eggs fell like grenades from the ground and Hagrid threw his arms over his head to protect himself. Aw, Groppy, I've brought some friends to meet you. Remember I told you I might? Remember when I said I might have to go on a little trip and leave them to look after you for a bit? Remember that? Grop merely gave another low roar. It was hard to say whether he was listening to Hagrid, or whether he even recognized the sounds, Hagrid was making a speech. He had now seized the top of the pine tree and was pulling it toward him, evidently for the simple pleasure of seeing how far it would spring back when he let go. Now, Groppy, don't do that. That's how you ended up pulling up the others. And sure enough, Hag Harry could see the earth around the tree's roots beginning to crack. I got company for you, Hagrid shouted, which we all... It's funny because it's literally what Umbridge does to him when she meets him. She starts, like, talking louder, <laughs> like he doesn't understand, and, like... I bet Grop at this point understands. <laughs> I just don't want to be here. I just don't want to talk to you. I don't understand I why we're still doing this. Why Why are we still <laughs> doing this? <laughs> why am I still here? Uh, company, see, look. Look down, you great buffoon. I brought you some friends. Oh, now we're going to insult him. Okay. Great. Mm -hmm. The kid. This insult is all going the giant while you're, while you're introducing him to the people you want to take care of him. This is a great plan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. this, this, Hagrid said, hastening over to where Harry and Hermione stood, is Harry Grop, Harry Potter. He says his last name like he's going to be like, oh, the kid with the lightning bolt, the boy who lived. 
he might be coming to visit you if I have to go away, understand? The giant had only just realized that her, her and her money were there. He watched in great trepidation as he lowered his... They watched in great trepidation as he lowered his boulder-sized head as so he could peer at them blearily. And this is Hermione, see? Her... Would you mind if he called you Hermie Hermione? <laughs> Only it's a difficult name for him to remember. No, I actually I do. I I I have girl. a confession that I did love this part because I was like, it's not just me. Even well, I mean, <laughs> Grop is a giant, but like you know, I mean, even people in Britain are yeah, like, it's not the easiest of names. I'm like, yay! Right. As soon as like you know what it is, it makes sense. But I still, even after. Goblet came out. I was still a little confused, even though they had the little like scene with her and Crumb. I was still like, "Wait, what is it? How am I supposed to be pronouncing this?" But um, I think, and like right after that, like one of the yeah. movies was gonna come out. The way so that, yeah, like, yeah. More. The only good thing the movies gave us, well, that and the um, duel. Anyway, let's move on. Mm, meh. Okay. <laughs> um. She's going to be coming and all. Is that nice, eh? Two friends for you? Groppy, no. <laughs> Already, Grop's hand had shot out of nowhere towards Hermione. Harry seized her and pulled her backwards around behind the tree so that Grop's fist scraped like, the trunk but was closed on thin air. This is not safe. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm annoyed. I don't understand. You would never catch Bad me in this boy, position. Grump. Like... <laughs> No, but, that, but that's not it, right? Like, yes, she needs new friends. She needs friends who will not ask her to go into the Forbidden Forest and teach their giant brother English. And she needs a friend who will not agree to, to do that thing before finding out what the thing is. But she also did that thing. These are facts. She's right there with them. She's in the forest. But that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, she like peer pressure, back. but like she, in a, but, she but if they back. hadn't been friends, no. she wouldn't have done that. This all stems back but to the troll. But she still got her own need... agency. Is all I'm saying is that, like, I know that, I, and, and I'm, but I'm goes... also saying that, like, it, it is partly her Gryffindorness. But I'm also just saying, like, no, I get what you're. No, she shouldn't have been in the. I get what you're control. saying. I'm just saying, like, it's also a part of. I think, like, her magical curiosity, where she's just like, oh, okay, what's this? And, like, she knows that Hagrid is problematic at this point. Like, she's not shocked that he's asking them to do something ridiculous. Um, but she's got to I mean, see she's what the ridiculous thing is, you know? Yeah. Like, she's I think like, she well, is in damn. shock, but she's not, but it's also, like, it's like one of those yeah, it's like one of those she's things where you're like, where you she's, know the person, but you're still shocked that they could do something this, like, wild. Right. She's, like, even though you uh, know that they've done things this wild before, you know? Um, she's, what's it called? Like, shocked but not disappointed, or like, didn't, you know what I mean? Not surprised. Yeah. She's yeah, just like, oh, okay, this is, oh, okay. Yeah. But I do, like, I feel like with Hermione... In terms of this stuff, and it goes back to kind of the Marietta Edgecombe thing. It's like, oh, well, let's see. It's like the curiosity of, oh, you really need my help. Like, what is that going to be? What's the challenge? And she just doesn't know yet to be like, let me ask some, 
questions before I say yes to this thing. But she is interested in, like, finding out what the challenge is, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think they're curious, and I think that's, like, I think it's fine to be curious, right? Especially when Hagrid is being so, like, cagey about it. Um, But she didn't agree. No. Like, she did, right? And she she did decide, she, like, essentially she did, but she didn't, like, verbally say yes. Like, Harry answered for both of them. And this isn't to say, again, like, it, like, also, like, you're saying it's true. She was curious, and she cares about Hagrid, and Hagrid clearly looked like he was struggling and needed some help, so they went to help him. Um... And that's great friendship and, and Gryffindor bravery and stuff, but yeah, I think the biggest issue me. here is that someone of Hagrid's age and stature should not be going to these people for help. He's eighty-two years old. Like that is the underlying problem mm-hmm. here. Like if we're gonna blame anyone, because Hermione is brilliant and as smart as she is, she's still fifteen. Um, she's allowed to make dumb mistakes and not think things through, or all the consequences or whatever. But an adult should never put you in that position. Ever. Right. And he's just not an adult. Not even a little bit. Bad boy, Groppy. Harry heard Hagrid yelling as Hermione clung to Harry behind the tree, shaking and whimpering. Very bad boy, you don't grab... Ow! Harry poked his head out from around the trunk and saw Hagrid lying on his back, his hand over his nose. Rop, apparently losing interest, had straightened up again and was engaged in. And he back wants fifteen-year-olds to go. teach Rop math. Like, you know what? I really yeah. just had. I just had the most brilliant thought. He should have asked Malfoy because Malfoy speaks brat in a way that Grop would understand. Because Grop is literally just like Veruca Salt right now. Don't care how. I want it now. And I just think that they're speaking the same <laughs> language here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hagrid kind of realizes that it's it's enough. I reckon that's enough for one day. We'll, uh, we'll come back tomorrow, shall we? Harry and Hermione nah, nodded. Son. Hagrid shouldered his crossbow again and, still pinching his nose, led back to the into the trees. Nobody spoke for a while, not even when they heard the distant crash that Mangrop had pulled out the pine at last. Hermione's face was pale and set. Harry could not think of a single thing to say. What on earth was going to happen when somebody found out that Hagrid had hidden Rock in the forest? And he had promised that he, Hermione, and Ron would continue Hagrid's totally pointless attempts to civilize the giant. How could Hagrid, even with his immensely immense capacity to delude himself that fang monsters were lovable, harmless, lovably harmless, fool himself that Grop would ever fit in to mix with humans? Hold it, said Hagrid abruptly. Just as Harry and Hermione were struggling through a patch of thick knot grass behind them, he pulled out an arrow out of the he pulled an arrow out of the quiver over his shoulder and fitted it into the crossbow. Harry and Hermione raised their wands. Now that they had stopped walking, they too could hear movement close by. Oh, Blimey! I thought we told you, Hagrid, that you Gosh. are no longer welcome here. So the centaurs have shown up because they heard the noise and were like, "Let's go see what's happening over here." Jeez. How are you, Morrigan? I love how casual he is. The trees behind the centaur They're like, rustled. Um, you, what sets you claimful? You in the wrong 
territory. Right, where your mama and he's like, stay, hey, how's it going? Where your <laughs> grandma stay and where your daddy stay. Right. And he's like, hey, how's it going, guys? Haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. Meanwhile, so have you met my 15 year old friends who have nothing to do with this? <laughs> so. So Morgan rolls up with his crew of centaurs, including Bane, who he met back in the Forbidden Forest when he met Ferenz. Bane had, gave no signs that he had ever seen Harry before because he's like, I don't know you. No valid. Yeah, met before. I don't roll with you. So he's so he said with a nasty inflection in his voice before turning immediately to Morgan. We agreed. I think we would. We agreed. I think what we would do if this human showed his face in the forest again. This human am I, now, am I? Hagrid said testily. Just for stopping all you committing murder? You ought not have meddled, Hagrid. Our ways are not yours, Hello? nor are our laws. Ferenc has betrayed and dishonored us. I yes. don't know how you work that out. He's done nothing except help Albus Dumbledore. Ferenc has entered okay, right into servitude as humans, said a gray centaur with a hard, deep the line face. Servitude? He's doing Dumbledore a favor is all. Well, and see, that's the thing, and and, and that was my other question, right, is like, and I think I asked this before, like, how would you pay a centaur, and does that matter to them? Right. Like, Like, they're not going to Diagon Alley for what? So then, like, what do you pay them in, or do you pay them, or is it really just a favor? But then I guess at this point, it's like... In Ferenc doing Dumbledore a favor by becoming the new divination teacher, um, now Dumbledore has to do him a favor, in quote, by, like, letting him stay at Hogwarts so he doesn't get killed by the centaurs. Um, and then... Basically. So, like, the the idea... I mean, what's happening here is, like, a is a culture clash, and so the centaurs' ideas of servitude and um, just, like... I don't know, giving knowledge to to wizards and to humans is is a very different thing than what Hagrid and other wizards would like see it as. So to Hagrid, it's not a big deal. Um, But to the centaurs, it really is. It's a huge deal. Um, But then and so like the the idea of like servitude is is um, is still like I don't know it's debatable I guess like it's not necessarily yeah but I think that like I don't know that part can be like I don't know I guess I kind of am losing my thought but well basically what I'm saying is that the idea of servitude (laughs) is a little bit more open and it's in and and like the definitions of it are different but or can be different and can be seen in different ways but when Megorian says that he's peddling our knowledge and secrets among humans um that's a very like yeah like it, it, it that's not something that you can argue against because that is what's happening Right. And I think that if Ferenz were working for Dumbledore doing anything else, it would be different, but he's working to literally tell 
humans about their ways and their culture and like how they see the stars and so that's where I think the line is like it's like way too far because I think that if Ferenz was doing something else like I don't know I even like something that was maybe like manual labor or something that was like super demeaning towards centaurs um, they'd be upset about it and like exile exile him but they're like really pissed because this is like mm-hmm. sacred to them this is what they do you know, it's not just like he's letting humans ride on him because he let Harry ride on him in the first year and they were upset about it. They're like, don't debase yourself by putting a human on your back. But they didn't like threaten to kick him out or like stomp on him, like murder him. Like he's but now he's betraying their entire culture and like the things that only they know how to do. And I think yeah. that's where the line is too far. Yeah. Um. If you say so, said Hagrid, but personally, I think you're making a big mistake. As are you, human, coming back into our forest when we warned you. Now you listen to me, said Hagrid. I'll have less of the our forest thing if it's all the same to you. It's not up to you who comes and goes in here. No more is it up to you, Hagrid, said Megorian. I shall let you pass today because you are accompanied by your young. Um, but really quickly, it, it's, it is what Robin's saying. Like It's, a, it's like a... It's, it's a war for like the forest i guess right like it's and and it's interesting especially i don't know i'm 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 curious about like ownership of the forest and what that means and i think right and i mean i mean i think it is it's maybe like hagrid's public not sorry not hagrid's hogwarts i didn't mean hagrid hogwarts like it's within that like try it I think the reason why it's forbidden well, is because once you pass mm. a certain boundary, it's not Hogwarts anymore. And so it's technically public. And so, like, it's forbidden because you could die and Hogwarts, the protection of Hogwarts isn't there anymore. So it's like, if you die in the Forbidden Forest, that was on you because right, true. they told you not to do that. <laughs> told you not to go there. And um, that way, all the creatures who live there that... At least they didn't, like, push them all out to be like, this is our land now, this is for our students. They are like, okay, y'all can still live here. Um, so I feel like once they cross, like, a certain line, it's just public land, and yeah. it's everyone's. And so it's like, the centaurs are like, no, this is ours, but I don't know, I think that it's just, like, over in the spider, Little, like, yeah. they have their, like, zone. So, like, over where Aragog is, he's like, this is my land, don't but then I, over But here. then I also it's think that, like, they've probably been living, like, in harmony for a long time so it hasn't really been a problem it's been very much like you respect your space i respect yours like or sorry you respect my space i respect yours um and when we have things that need to come together we do that if not we you know it's just like how people generally like move and animals just like move about move around each other um and like exist together but then there's like this big thing that's happening right like not and then the other thing too is that like not only did Hagrid like jump in with friends and everything but like before that he was probably on thin ice because he's like introducing a new like factor into the the yeah right well it's not grop I mean it's Hagrid's fault but like yeah it's grop right like that's that's exacerbating the problem because you're like now you put this giant in the forest and like you don't have to live here we have to live here right like Like, you live on the outskirts you're still in hogwarts right like Mm -hmm. and like grop is like 
in the forest, upsetting the ecosystem, eating birds tearing and up stuff. trees. What like, other creatures are eating those birds? Like, like those are those birds. Somebody else was probably eat, like mm-hmm. he's probably stealing resources this is from why. The other animals in the forest, and then Hagrid. Mm-hmm. Who is bringing in this giant? Is just like okay. This and is now why you don't. Um, Goodbye. Get out. You you don't uh, introduce new species to different ecosystems. They're called invasive, and they're very bad for the environment. Yeah, I mean, that's just colonization. Yes, anyway. it's colonization. Humans do it. Plants species. do it. Into it. Gentrification. Gentrification. It's just all. All Just. similar. Um, so, Bane's like, they are not his kids. I've met them before. <laughs> um, but it doesn't matter because they're students, so they're not going to hurt them. They don't touch the innocent. Today, Hagrid, you pass. Henceforth, stay away from this place. You forfeited the friendship of the centaurs when you tra- helped traitor the traitor friends escape us. I won't be getting out of the forest by a bunch of mules. Why like you go there? Just, There's no point. Hagrid. Unnecessary. It's a bad idea. Hagrid. I also love though, like the the cent like I won't be kept up. We see kind of a centaur code of honor. Like, okay, you got the kids with you. We'll give you a pass. Yeah, you want but her innocence. Don't think that we're gonna let the slide again. And then Hagrid gonna Hagrid. So ruins all that. Yeah, because they're like, we know what you're keeping in the forest, and our tolerance <laughs> is waning. Hagrid turned and gave every appearance of wanting to walk straight back to Morrigan again. You'll tolerate him as long as he's here. It's as much his forest as yours. Mm, not quite. While Harry and Hermione both pushed with all their might against Hagrid's moleskin waistcoat in an effort to keep him moving forward. Still scowling, he looked down. His expression changed to mild surprise at the sight of both of them pushing him. He seemed to not have felt it. Calm down, you two. Ready old nags, though, eh? Hagrid, Hermione said breathlessly, skirting the passes and nettles that had passed on their way there. If the centaurs don't want humans in the forest, it really doesn't look as Harry, as though Harry and I will be able to... Ah, uh, yeah, you heard what, he, what they... I heard, you heard what they said. They wouldn't hurt fools. I mean, kids. Anyway, we can't let ourselves be pushed around by that lat. Like, nice try, Harry said do you think Because that's the other thing is, is like... Really them? Try, though. She really tried. Because, yes, he only... Ha- they're, they're, they're his only friends, which oh. is a problem. Yeah. But do you also think he knows, like, they're not going to hurt yeah. kids? you're right. Well, I mean, maybe, but I Absolutely. think that, like, if they're there to, to aid um, Grop, right? Like, if they're there to, like, help Hagrid, I think at a certain point the centaur's, like, patience is going to wear thin. Um, Hair, but right. Will poly, poly thinks but then I think also it's um, just, like... In a, like, you're, they're just, he's just adding, or not adding, because these are all the issues that they'll have to deal with when they do this, right? Like, before he asks them, these are problems. Um, but it's just, there's one, there's just more and more reasons why they should not do this, basically. Right. It's like, you're at Umbridge, so th- the centaurs. The Forbidden Forest. The, forbidden the fact that forest. it's a giant. <laughs> like, the fact that it's a giant who does not want to be there <laughs> and is not related to either Harry or Hermione or Ron. So. All very valid observations. 
So, as they exit the forest, um, they realize that the game is over, so they'll be able to blend back into the crowd. Um, Harry's like, that's a good idea. We'll see you later then. Bye, Hagrid. I'm um, pretty sure they both ran off to be away from him. Hermione's like, I don't believe it. I don't believe him. I really don't believe it. Calm down. Calm down. A giant. A giant of the forest. We're supposed to give him English lessons? Always assuming, of course, we can get past a herd of murderous centaurs on the way in and out. I don't believe him. We can't. We haven't got to do anything yet, trying to reassure her in a quiet voice, as they join a stream of jabbering Hufflepuffs, <laughs> hey y'all, uh, heading back toward the castle. He's not asking us to do anything unless he gets chucked out, and that might not even happen. Oh, come off it, Harry. Of course he's going to get chucked out, and to be perfectly honest, after what we've just seen, <laughs> we Hermione girl has so had it. Hermione is Raven or Detox, I can't remember which one, in that RuPaul Drag Race gif. Officially, I have had it. Officially, man, she said that, and I was like, I see no lies. Cold world, <laughs> I see absolutely no Cold's lies. World. Not a single, not a single. Except lie. Harry's like, you didn't mean it, and Harry, Hermione's like, I didn't mean it. Wiping her eyes, at like he. I think, yeah, I'm like, she, she's she so just doesn't know what to do crying. with herself. <laughs> Hashtag get Hermione some new friends, 1996. Because it's been a whole other year. She's just like super frustrated Um, too because she's like, we, like, they stalked him when he was coming back. And she was like, listen, this broad ain't nothing to mess with. She's no joke. And and Hagrid's like, yeah. She tried so hard. I hear you. She's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. She's riding lessons for him. Giant in the forest, but that's cool. Like, after everything Hermione's done for him with riding lessons for being him, a freaking lawyer, being his attorney at life. thirteen, she literally right, right, like she was his lawyer. And now this is how he repays her by having his giant brother in the forest. Not only not not only having so her giant brother in the forest, but so then he, being like. And you know, because I might have to peace out, you got this, right? You got it. This I believe in just, you. I trust you. Nothing's going to go wrong here. You got it. Thanks a billion. <laughs> no. XO, XO gossip girl. Kisses. <laughs> Kisses. <laughs> Love A. Uh, so uh, they get back and they're still singing the song, Weasley is Our King, but it takes them a minute to realize that it's not the Slytherin singing it. Weasley can save anything. He never leaves a single ring. That's why all the Gryffindors sing, Weasley is our king. Weasley is our king. Skirt, skirt. Uh, <laughs> so Hermione's like, no. Yes, Harry, Hermione yelled Ron, waving the silver critters cup in the air, looking quite beside himself. We did it. We won. They beamed up at him as he passed. There was a scrum at the door of the castle, and Ron's head got rather badly bumped on the lintel, but nobody seemed to want to put him down. Still singing, the crowd squeezed itself into the entrance hall and out of sight. Harry and Hermione watched them go, beaming until the last echoing strains of Weasley as our king died away. They turned to Then they turned to each other, their smiles fading. We'll save our news for tomorrow, shall we? said Harry. Yes, all right. Not in any hurry. They climbed the steps together. At the front of the door... At the front doors, both instinctively looked back happen. at the Forbidden Forest. Harry was not quite sh- 
<laughs> Eric was not sure whether it was his imagination or not, but he rather thought he saw a small cloud of birds erupting into the air over the treetops in the distance, almost as though the tree in which they had been nesting had just been pulled up by the like, roots. Just Can I just say that for Harry, uber Quidditch fan, he missed the game in which his best friend, the best his game best friend's best game of the year. The best game of the year. Or a giant? Because you know it was a comeback. You know it was a comeback. Like, it was some... You know I don't do sports, guys. But you know it was like, oh, snap, Gryffindor's losing. They're not going to win it. They're not going to win it. And then Weasley's turning it around. And then the crowd starts to shift the song. Like, that must have been crazy. You know, just as epic as as, um, Fred and George leaving. Like, these Weasleys out here just making history and... Like, the Gryffindors, like, counter-singing the song with new lyrics. Like, I'm just like, that's the stuff I'm just like, yes, crowd. Because the sports you ball can do Yeah, it just... Yeah, it, it... it Poor Ron, because he really did have, like, the biggest moment of, like, so far of his, like, school career. And Harry then, always like... His best friends were His best there. friends weren't there. And, like, you know, we'll get to it next week, but, like... He is re- like reasonably and understandably upset about it, and then but then he realizes it's not their fault. Like he is upset, and then he finds out why, and then he's like, "Well, Hagrid needs to leave," which is true because <laughs> he's ninety three years old and he needs adult friends. He needs adult friends. I feel like we should do benched first because we all know what the answer is. Hagrid, yeah. <laughs> Haggard is benched. He needs to take sure. several Haggard. seats. Yeah. And he will take several seats because he is a giant. <laughs> oh my gosh. So he can't he can't take several seats. He really can't take he literally can only take several Very seats. Very true. <laughs> yeah. I also uh, have to bench Hagrid because I feel like I mean it's like the you know when you go to I don't know if anybody, any of you have gone to um, Vegas or e- Times Square, whatever, and they're just all of these lights, Ugh. and they're all like, do this, do this, go here, see this, go there, and yeah, you can get overwhelmed, but I feel like Hagrid had all of these warnings, all of these neon educational degree- degrees. Don't do this. Do this. Go here. Be smart. Do th- and he was like, "Nah, I got it. Mm-hmm. I'm good." And I just don't like what it made him think. Not he didn't. After all the letters that he received he, he while didn't. he was <laughs> on a secret mission, think he to didn't. to bring the giants to the side of the Order of the Phoenix in the in the in the fight against. Voldemort, he thought, now is the time to bring my giant brother into England and hide him in the Forbidden Forest while I'm trying to stay under the radar and make sure that like we, that the ministry doesn't sack, like, focus more on not getting fired, maybe? Like, on being a good professor. How about that? Oh, but he could do more for the ministry. I mean, for the Order of the Phoenix. Okay, so then, okay, yeah. More for the Order, but then you have this entire brother (laughs) that you just, like, 
brought here. And now you're like, oops, I don't know what to do with him. So I guess I'm going to put him, give him to these 15-year-olds. Like... Also, in, the, so, like, in terms like, of the, in the long order, game, Grout kind of comes in handy, order. but he's just in the long game. Is he's just in the forest by his lonely? <laughs> right, he never really leaves. Then go in the other room because he can't. Because he's eighteen, eighteen feet tall. But he's tied yeah, up. It's- Who is your MVP? I'm going to say Ron because he turns the game around. Because Hermione is literally literally the only real other option. But she she kind of like goes Yeah, she doesn't really do that much in this in this one other than like like bring up rightly that Harry needs to be doing his occlumency. That's I um and made Fred and George should sorry. probably be gone. <laughs> no, no, go ahead. I was gonna say I made Fred and George my MVP for just changing the momentum of the school mm-hmm. and like starting a movement. It's not the movement I would have started. It's not how it's not the outcome I would have wanted <laughs> if I was to, you know, head a movement. Mm-hmm. But it was a movement. I think it changed things. Yeah. I think we had similar reasoning like i made fred and george my mvp too um part of it was because i didn't do it last week um just because mcgonagall was glory (laughs) but um i also think like also because it like carries on to this uh chapter as well and i think that like they really left a mark on hogwarts um and even if like robin was saying like the movement necessarily wasn't what you know, we would have hoped or liked. At the very least, it made Umbridge, you know, run around the castle trying to put out fires. So, yeah. And also, I just like want to also shout out their business acumen because they dropped out and then opened a store on Diagon Alley. Like that is <laughs> legit. Mm-hmm. Basically, the next day, they're like, like, oh, we already have our premises. We already paid the first and last month's rent. We just just, just, like founding Google or Facebook or something and being like, I'm done here. I already got my million dollar idea. Exactly. Time to flourish. I've got, you've given me all you can. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, so thank you for listening. Next week, we will be discussing chapter 31 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, OWLs. Make sure to read and follow along and let us know who you think is the real MVP and who is benched for the chapter. Um, join the conversation on Twitter at We Black and Nerds, hashtag Wizard Team. Celebrate Black Wizard History Month with us all month. Use the hashtag Black Wizard History um, and join our Twitter chat on Friday. I think that's it. Thank you.